Hey, friends. This is Friends Off Topic. Get out your notebooks, library cards, and umbrellas. Because this week we watched Seven Evan Evan. If seven. only them fuckers had an umbrella. They need God. It rained <laughs> a lot. I have a note about that later. Oh, okay. I can't yeah. wait to hear it. Did it get wet? Your note. <laughs> Moist. My note. And I actually did spill a little bit of coffee in my notes at one point. Oh, I love coffee. Seven Deadly Sins. Seven Ways to Die. Y'all all saw it before, right? Was that the tagline? It was. Yeah. It was a good one. I did not write it. Yes, I did see it before several times. I really like it. Me too. Still like it. It's really good. Still, yeah. Like, I, I'm i fine. I'm not big on watching shit over and over again. Like, um, shit I've seen. But yeah. I really liked it. I only watch stuff I've seen. Of course. <laughs> So, I mean, it was still really good to me. And, like, it always tied in with 12 monkeys. Like, I always thought of them together. Yeah, dude. He was working on them at the same yeah, time. Yeah. So, that must be why they came out at the same time. Yeah. All right, Crystal. So, what's our movie about? Uh, can I do a disclaimer first? Yes. Yeah, I would definitely it. need to. All right. Please note that this episode contains depictions of violence that some people may find disturbing. And also sexual violence. Just FYI, if that is a trigger for you, probably don't listen to this episode. And make sure the kids don't listen, too. And if you don't find it discert- disturbing, you are disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> there the may most, be a problem. There's a problem. Synopsis. Oh, by the way, we watch this on Hulu, unless you're cheap like Joelle, and you end up just buying the DVD on Amazon. No, no, no. Mm-mm, not she even that She went to the much. library oh, sorry. and got that bitch for what? free 90 free. I got it from my local library. <laughs> just so you guys know, if you can't, the library to- usually has it. We had to go to a pawn shop and get a DVD player. Dude, I... You, you went to call called. that and you could you have just have rented it on your smart it's even, TV. It's even worse. The DVD player wouldn't work with the remote and I had to buy it on Amazon. Oh, you you just bought so... You just spent so much more money. I spent like $30. You should have just done You could have spent like $4. No. If who you would have rented it. Well, I, I bought it for on $4.99 Amazon. on Amazon. I did yeah. end up buying it for 4 yeah. You can rent it for $3.99. You can buy it for four ninety nine. That's probably a good one to own anyway. We'll find out. All right. I own it. <laughs> Synopsis. When retiring police detective William Somerset tackles a final case with the aid of newly transferred David Mills, they discover a number of elaborate and grisly murders. They soon realize they are dealing with a serial killer who is targeting people he thinks represent one of the seven deadly sins. Somerset also befriends Mills's wife, Tracy, who is pregnant and afraid to raise her child Whoa. in the crime-riddled city. That's a they threw giveaway it all out synopsis. There. Spoiler alert. I know you <laughs> love the long synopsis, so I made sure to put it on in. Just well, get so it all you, away. Did they list Kevin Spacey in the synopsis? Uh, did no. they name him? I'm I shocked. think they did. I'm shocked that I just they don't, didn't. I don't write whenever oh, they put the actors in parentheses because I don't want to say all that. Mm. Do people... I, why to watch... Oh, yeah, I did want to do know it. Thrilling, disturbing, and graphic. So you want to watch it because it's disturbing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's I mean, a very popular kind movie. Of person it's a I very am. good movie. Mm-hmm. So if something says disturbing, you're like, I want to watch that. Yeah. If somebody says that <laughs> if this particular book is super gory, I'm like, what is it? I want to oh, read wow. it. I, I want to know, like, what is it? But I don't want to deal what with the ramification of 
finding out what it is the disturbingness i will say it could have been a lot more disturbing oh yeah had they actually shown the murder scenes yeah they don't really show they don't any they of don't the it's crazy any of the murder scenes but the the scenes it's worse themselves to are so fucking disturbing that yeah. yeah if i would have had to have seen the scenes it would have been a lot i wouldn't be surprised if they try to remake it someday no man i i read that like they tried and then it ended up being a completely different movie like they named it a completely different movie because the, yeah i'll let you say it better than i can but all right i got some ratings oh yeah so do people like it uh yes imdb 8.6 out of 10 tomato meter 83 percent audience score 95 percent so it's a good good it is a good good Joelle, did you read what Ebert I did. I did. I got it right here. (laughs) Roger Ebert says, they take an easy formula. A cop is retiring and the new cop is coming in and taking over. So that's a formula that gets used a lot, but they make it work and it's a very good movie. Yeah, like that part of the formula wasn't even really part of the movie Mm -mm. for like maybe five minutes. Yeah. And Siskel says he thinks it should have been rated NC-17. <laughs> Probably. It is, it is pretty gruesome, <laughs> especially for, you know, 1995. Yeah. And uh, I'd say it's probably one of the darkest movies I had seen when mm-hmm. I saw it. Besides Silence of the Lambs, like those two were. Very dark. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Siskel said that there was great chemistry between Pitt and Freeman. And I agree. I do, too. It's great. So what did they pay to make this movie? A lot. A lot. $33 million. Oh, they made three hundred twenty-seven million. Fuck yeah! <laughs> so is that like ten times the amount? I don't Who's know. Who's good at math? Not me. <laughs> don't. That's not funny. I don't, don't know don't the answer. Me, That's why you know I'm asking. I'm math. Crystal totally did math today in the kitchen in oh, her head. What? Shut we counting out Bill cream pies and <laughs> whole face. The whole oh, was it the pizza roll math? No, it was uh, <laughs> movie time math. Oh, oh, that's good. For the next movie? No, it was for this one. Today? You figured it out today? No, we did it oh. yesterday. <laughs> yep. Oh. All right. Uh, do you want directors, writers now? Yes. Mm-hmm. Who wrote this movie? I'm going to tell you who directed it first. All right. David Fincher, who did Gone Girl, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Zodiac, and Panic Room. And if you think about it, they kind of all have the same He did 8mm, too. Feel. I didn't write that down. I believe. I, I might thought, be wrong. I thought I wrote that down because I like eight millimeter. I've it never seen it. Up. I've never seen it. Well, I'll put it put it on the list. We have a whiteboard now. I'll write that on there. Write it on the whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> Writer Andrew Kevin Walker, who did The Wolfman, Sleepy Hollow. I eight, love Sleepy Hollow. Eight millimeter. Oh, maybe that's why Brain I got mixed scan. up. That's why I got mixed up. He was the writer. And, and uh, so. Andrew Kevin Walker based Seven on his experiences of moving from a suburban setting to New York City during a period of rising crime and drug addiction in the late 1980s. He did not love it there. So, Solace was originally planned and developed as a sequel. That's the one. But the idea was eventually scrapped and it ended up being a standalone Dude, that's because they wanted Somerset to be like receiving what was it psychic powers or something oh, oh no. cool. yeah so somerset was gonna have psychic powers and no. he was somehow linked into the serial killer and that's, I mean, that's how interesting and the guy but... who wrote it was or the guy who directed i don't really understand but he was like um no 
I'm not going to ruin seven. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> no. With that, so they, it became soulless. If Let me, ever it became its own movie. Let me tell you what I do want. I want a prequel that tells us about John Doe. Because, like, they yeah. tell you a little bit about him, but, like, I really want to know Dude, he had his background. way before. I want a background like they had for um, I want Psycho. A seven, like, I, want, <laughs> I want that kind of background. I like want a seven-set <laughs> yeah. movie. On each deadly sin. Well, they have a mm-hmm. comic book. Tell us more. Uh, oh. Yes, a comic book based yeah. based on the movie by mm-hmm. Richard Dyer. And it's seven series. You can, I think you can get it all in one, though. Yeah. On Amazing. Mm-hmm. So this movie is from 1995, which we discussed a lot on our Hackers episode. So we're not going to go too much into 1995. Because we want you to go back and listen to that episode. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we do have some stuff about how this was the seventh yeah. highest grossing film of they were 1995. Like, how ironic. <laughs> yeah. There's some sevens that pop up a lot. Isn't so it the, ironic? It is ironic. Don't, don't you, th- you think? Oh. Ha! She beat me to it. got you. A little bit ironic. So can't, can iro- irony be a little bit? <laughs> or is it just ironic or it's not ironic? Only if you're singing it. Are there degrees? Literally stop listening. (laughs) We've said ironic too many times now. Is that ironic? Isn't her song supposed to not really be ironic? (laughs) Dude, it rained on my mom's wedding day. Mm. Her marriage lasted seven years. Seven. Just saying. Dude, can we listen? (laughs) It's starting to make me feel a little strange. All the sevens. Yeah. I even read, like, in the very first scene, it's like every building had seven on it. Oh, that's I think there's cool. a lot of Easter eggs in this movie. Yeah. Okay, mm. so the filmmakers decided it should always be raining for two reasons. It added a sense of dread, and they never had to worry about bad weather. Mm. Well, what I read was that it just happened to be raining every single day they had to record. <laughs> and that Brad Pitt... You read the wrong shit. No, no, no. <laughs> I read that they were on a very tight schedule because of Brad Pitt... And his other obligations with 12 Monkeys. And that every day that they actually, like, it just happened to happen that it was raining during this. I was like, it rained for a week? What was he doing with all those monkeys? Uh, 12? That's a lot. 12 Monkeys was another good movie. (laughs) It is a coastal city that does get quite a bit of rain. Brad Pitt said that Gwyneth Paltrow's character is the only sunshine they have in the film. That is true. Goop. They were dating at the time, I think. And Good the old goop. dogs. And the dogs. So amazingly, this was the seventh highest grossing film in 1995. The top ten films in order of grossness was one, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Two, Toy Story. Three, do I need to say all the numbers? Yeah. Can I just list them? Apollo 13. Four, Golden Eye. Five, Pocahontas. Six, Batman Forever. Seven, seven, eight, <laughs> Casper, nine, Waterworld, Casper's which I thought Netflix was like right now. I like love Casper. I love Waterworld. Waterworld is supposed to be a, fa- a failure. Like, yeah. it's kind of their budget like, or whatever. Well, How did yeah, you they make didn't make nearly what they expected to. Yeah, I, I loved that. it. Yeah, I did too. I heard some reasoning about the water. I can't remember. It was remember just kind of like a wet Mad Max. Yeah. Yeah. How it I was. viewed it. And um, number 10, Jumanji, which I watched the other day. Jumanji. It's still good. This was voted the eighth scariest film of all time by Entertainment Weekly. 
Uh, when I Googled it, I saw a lot of... Couldn't have been seventh. It couldn't have been seventh. <laughs> um, seven was Psycho. Mm. When I, I found a lot of lists, yeah. but I finally found this list where it was listed eighth. Um, this is from IMDb. The, um, what was it? The scariest films of all time. One, Exorcist. Two, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Three, Alien. These don't really seem scary to me. Yeah. Four, Silence of the Lambs. Five, Halloween. Six, Jaws. Seven, Psycho. Eight, Seven. Nine, The Shining. That movie pissed me off a lot. Yeah, same. Especially if you read the book. Yes, I read the book and I was like, I... It will piss you off. This is like a year or two ago. I'm like, I want to watch this movie. I'm so excited. The book was so good. But if you read Dr. Sleep, it helps. It helps? Yeah. I was... And it's supposed to be like people love that movie yeah no dr sleep calmed my rage when it came well, then to the i need shining. to read it yeah you watch it or read it read it read it and then number 10 rosemary's baby hmm. why did why is six scared of seven because seven eight nine yep <laughs> oh i thought we had another joke we need more jokes so are we doing um boff mary kill now or later yeah. let's go ahead Right. I thought we were going right into the movie. Right in the movie. Well, I'm sure these people have seen this movie. <laughs> if you haven't, I don't know right where you're it. at in your life. Make some t-shirts that say right into the movie. Right into it. Get it in there. <laughs> Who's going first? That was graphic. It was. is graphic, but people can't see it. People still can't see it. We'll go around the table. Crystal? Oh, okay. So, Boff, it, Detective Mills, obviously. I'm going to marry Tracy, and I'm obviously going to kill John Doe. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I also like have Boff, Mr. Mills. I feel like he's got a lot of aggression. Yeah. He needs to work out. Got some rage. Right in there. Um, I would marry his fucking dogs because <laughs> I don't really want to be stuck with any of these people. I feel like Tracy's a little needy. And I was She's kill- pregnant, you dick. Uh, She's dumb. She moved to the city. She's- I'm done having babies and shit. I don't want all that. Um, and I would kill California because he gets on my fucking nerves in oh. every movie he plays in. So, Scratch I don't doctor. know why. He, just, he is a doctor. The he money, does too much. Money wouldn't help you out? No. Is he really a doctor? Oh, no. You said Scrubs <laughs> doctor. Get out of here. All right. So, mine, apparently Brad Pitt is it because that's yeah, who I put for, for the one. Uh, Mary, I think I'd marry the dead lawyer. He has a lot of money and he's dead. So. <laughs> That's, Hopefully he had you set up in his interest. That's the one right you there. Not, I got you. Who's that? No, Gold? only if he was Gold? dead. Because like, yeah, you marry him when he's dead. He was a shitty human. Yeah. Oh yeah, marry him. Yeah. I but would not I mean, marry the reward at the end. I don't he's know. dead. You just get in there. They didn't find him till Monday. You get someone <laughs> to get in there to do the rights. Make sure you Is married him on Sunday. What's it called? <laughs> Last rites are when you die. <laughs> so they do the marriage vows and just, then they do the rights. Just do them both. <laughs> This is who for one. That's right. And then you kill Spacey because, you know, he's a lot. Obviously. And an, I, I like, human I like that you said kill Spacey. Yeah. <laughs> and not John Doe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, John Doe. Are they different people? <laughs> who really knows? <laughs> they're, they're pretty close. Um, all right. So here we are right into the movie <laughs> that's the funniest words ever <laughs> should i not say it no 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 i, I think love you it should. Or, are we gonna have to ever kind of like hello friends <laughs> hello friends hey friends <laughs> oh it's hey friends that's what it i is. don't know what i say it's different every time oh do do we want to say who um could have been casted as these sure. people 
Okay, I got those. So for Somerset, they considered Mr. Harrison Ford, Al Pacino, fucking weird, William Hurt, I don't know who that is, Robert Duvall, and Gene Hackman. William Hurt's the guy from Shameless, is it not? Maybe. No, that's William H. Macy. Uh, Oh, you're right. I'm terrible with names. You got to look up his picture, Crystal, because I know the name. For Detective Mills, had we not gotten Brad Pitt, we would have had Denzel Washington. Wait, I have a note about that. All right. Denzel Washington turned down the part that went to Brad Pitt, telling Entertainment Weekly that the film was too dark and evil. Washington later regretted his decision upon seeing a screening. And then he did did kiss the girls. As did Sylvester Stallone. He too regretted. Uh, No. Dude, he was considered for Mills. So like Gene, Gene Hackman is good for Somerset. Um... And then they had, um, also for Mills, Kevin Costner. And oh, I like him. Nicholas Cage. No. Mm. I think Nicholas Cage would have made a good John Doe. <laughs> I, Nicholas Cage is like a guilty pleasure. Like, Dude, you just want to watch his movies. He, okay. He's done so much. And if you consider everything he's done, he truly is a talented actor. Considering yeah. his wild brain. But... He is very he is very talented. If you can respect him for that alone, that's it. I thought about putting Who Connor William Hurt. I don't like it. I don't even recognize him. Is that the dad from Clarissa Explains It All? Um also for John Doe, they considered Ned Beatty, REM singer Michael Stipe. For who, John Doe, uh, that yeah. might that might have worked. Yeah. Wasn't he in the um, movie? And then I read that Spacey was cast only two days before filming. I did see that because they didn't know if they could afford him. Yeah. Because he was so expensive. There's I the mean, budget. He was, yeah. He was it, though. I mean, he, he, was good he got it. John I have Doe. a little bit more later when we start going through the different actors that play these different um, victims. So I have news. I think they spent some money there, too. <laughs> the victims? Yeah. <laughs> so I have news. No extras on the DVD. I was excited because I was like, oh, remember DVDs would have like little special You paid stuff? all that money and no fucking extras? Nope. Nothing. Unfortunate. You click play or scene selection and that was it. That's terrible. Yeah. They could have gotten so much. because And the one that like, I rented, I didn't even see the commentary. Brad Pitt, from my understanding, was very involved in a lot of this movie. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, they could have just talked to him about it for 30 minutes and yeah. added that as an extra. They, they had the DVD commentary, but not on the one that I got. Mm. I had to listen to it on Spotify. How unfortunate. All right. Right into the fucking movie. Right into the movie, Crystal. 18 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... We hear opening scene is some sirens, and we see Morgan Freeman in his kitchen dumping out the contents of his coffee pot. It really hurt. He needs to go work really hard, and he didn't even finish the coffee pot. He'd probably been (laughs) sitting there for a long time. But he's meticulous. Wouldn't he know how much coffee to make by now? Yeah. After 34 years? Maybe he thought he was going to want some more. Mm -mm. Unacceptable. (laughs) He seems really quiet and put together, and we see his chest set. He's got a perfectly folded, laid-out jacket. He's got all his cop stuff, like his pocket knife and his ID. Everything is meticulous. We cut to a new scene where we see a dead body that's face down. That dead body was um, the writer. What was his name? Andrew Kevin Walker. Yeah, so that was him. So I had read just quickly um, that Fincher originally intended to open the film with scenes of Detective Somerset visiting a home in the country and taking the train back. 
but he had to screen a rough cut for the studio and we got what we got. I think that would have worked in really well to kind of give yeah. us some hope for him. Yeah. Because <laughs> his life was pretty well. Well, he did say he was going to fix up his house. and But you never really see his house. But that would have explained a lot. Yeah, I, I think. think so. Told us more about him. Yeah. So they're looking at the body face down. There's a crime scene. Um, Morgan Freeman is the character Somerset. He's looking at a drawing on the fridge that a little kid made. And he's asking if the kid saw the murder. The other detective says, who gives a fuck? This guy's wife shot him. I'm I'm glad you'll be gone Ooh, soon. I forgot about this dude. I probably yeah. would kill him, yeah. too. He, he says, pissed me off so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you're going to be gone asking stuff like that. He doesn't care. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He's like, who the fuck cares? Yeah. And like watching this as a grown up now, everything hits so much harder. Mm-hmm. So Brad Pitt comes up the stairs. Of course, he's eating something. That was kind of like his little shtick. He would like eat an apple or something to seem nonchalant. Mm-hmm. He's chewing some gum. There's certain actors that like James Spader kind of does little things with chewing. This makes them seem nonchalant, Crystal. What does like, that mean? Nonchalant? Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> can I give you a definition? No, but can I say it again? Yes. Nonchalant. Kind of like on Law and Order, where like they're always so busy doing something, yeah. the clerks, but nothing saw a murder. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Brad Pitt comes up the stairs and introduces himself. I'm like, I guess you show up the off at the office, and they're like, yeah, yeah, head over to the crime scene for right. meet and greet immediately. <laughs> immediately, they walk outside to the doom and gloom of the city, and they discuss how Mills, which is Brad Pitt, got assigned there. He actually requested it instead of just getting placed there, and that's not the norm. They already are kind of butting heads. They argue a little bit, and Mills has been on homicide for five years, so he feels like he's well-seasoned in his mind. Somerset is like, no, you don't know shit. (laughs) Basically. Yeah. Very skeptical. He's got seven days to teach uh, Mills whatever he needs to know before he retires and brad's pit says you're before you call it quits like he doesn't look at it like he's retiring he looks yeah. at it like he's giving up yeah so now we see somerset in his bed reading a book with a lamp on each side of the bed and it looks super duper cozy like he's living his life at the nun house <laughs> reading a book in bed he it's in- our favorite pastime <laughs> so cozy He goes to bed and turns on a metronome. I'm like, wow, he needs a clicking fan. I guess this is before a noise machine. Right. Use a metronome. And he goes to sleep sitting up for some reason. Bad back. Yeah. (laughs) Neck's going to hurt in the morning, guy. Mm -hmm. We cut to the opening credits now of an avid scrapbooker using a razor blade on his fingertips with lots of strange black and white photos. He's stitching together a notebook, or she, and we only see their hands, stitching together a notebook with a needle and thread. This is Pinterest before Pinterest. Am yeah. I right? <laughs> we hear the Nine Inch Nails song, Closer to God. Y'all remember that music video? It's like a whole deep dive on Kerrang! about it. Do you remember it? Yes. It's I weird. just remember like Nine it. Inch Nails. I did like I do, and did. Yeah, same. So now we see it's Monday. Um, Mills and Tracy are laying on the bed together, cuddling while they're asleep. 
They're in a newly moved into apartment. She's very sleepy and they kiss goodbye. She picks out his eyes, crusties, and calls him Serpico. Mills is waiting in the rain with two cups of coffee outside. And I'm like, does that trench coat really protect you from the rain? I can't imagine. So especially when it's open all the time. All the time. Just get rained on. I'm not a wet clothes person. Mm -mm. I would have quit the first day. (laughs) (laughs) And also I would drink so much coffee. Yes. Somerset and Mills are walking into a building in the rain and they hear another police officer tell them that there's a body there and they didn't touch it yet. Mills is pretty fussy because that means that they didn't check for vital signs if they didn't touch the body. And the cop that he's talking to is like he's in a pile of piss and shit face down in spaghetti. If he was alive, he would have gotten up by now. And I saw a note that um, Brad Pitt bought his own ties for the movie to give Mills a bad fashion sense. I saw that note, too. Yeah, he added a lot to his character. And then this was on um, INDB also. They said that the original script had a strange dwarf-like woman as part of the forensics team. Well. Appearing in every one of the cleanups after a murder and hurling foul language and epithets at Somerset <laughs> and Mills. I guess she got cut from the budget. I guess. So they're going into the house of the dead guy, and they're in the hallway. Everything is very bleak and dark. The lights in the hallway don't work, but this guy's got two TVs. Did you see that? The clicky ones with the little dial. Oh. <laughs> so you can watch see. old school. It's old school. But <laughs> you can watch two channels at once. Picture in a picture. It's genius. Fucking old school. Old school. <laughs> Say it again. The rest of the apartment is very dimly lit. We see a very large fat man at the table face down in spaghetti. It's not a politically correct word. <laughs> what do I call him? <laughs> I'm kidding. Obese. You call him whatever you no, want to call him. He's a very. I would love to be politically de- he is correct. <clears throat> a beast. Obese. Oh. Wow. That's like Even wow. Worse, Joel. Well, this very large man <laughs> is face down in spaghetti, and they're discussing if this is murder or not. It looks like maybe he's just dead at the table, like he died of natural causes. But then they discover that his hands and feet are bound under the table with wire. So the first time that Lynn Harris, the co-executive producer, visited the set when they were filming The Gluttony Victim, the set was so dank and disgusting because the spaghetti sauce used in the scene had been sitting there for weeks before shooting. Gross. To attract real bugs. I don't fucking know. I know they were like swatting all kinds of bugs during this whole time. They had to swat. I have a note about the bugs later. They had to swat roaches off of them. Ew. Uh, And I have a note about the gluttony victim. Oh, I might have the same notes. Actor Bob Mack. Shit. (laughs) Had to wear his his makeup and prosthetics for 10 hours a day. And that was before shooting would even begin. Venture and Pitt joke about the size of the character's member in the fiberglass dummy used in the autopsy scene. Venture also jokes that he wanted that dummy at the after party with the bowl of bean dip and Fritos between its knees. Disgusting. <laughs> the party actually took place at the New York City, New York Public Library. They said that they made the corpse well endowed to make up for how much he had to suffer. Yeah. <laughs> I I I'd be like, note. dude, that's what you I was gotta at least give for. me a big like, dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They gave it to him. I remember seeing it and I was like, that seems, I mean, I'm a lesbian. They didn't even discuss that so much. They they did talk about like his heart being the size of a canned ham. 
That's pretty large. When's the last time you dealt with canned ham? Never in my life. I was about to ask you, how big is a canned ham? Because I don't know. I did see that you can get a canned, you used to at least be able to get a whole canned chicken. Like a whole in. Bones and all? Yeah, like they shoved it in the can. (laughs) (laughs) I remember seeing that working at Albertsons and I was like, is that a real thing? (laughs) That's disgusting. Maybe you can still buy it. I don't know. Maybe. But anyway, the co-executive producer walked in. The scene was so disgusting that he agreed that everything looked fine and walked off set. (laughs) (laughs) At what point does it become a hazmat issue? Okay, this is fine. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) This looks good. And then this one, I can see it in my head. Morgan Freeman walked in, saw the set, and let out a long sigh of disgust. (laughs) He's like, this is my fucking life. (laughs) I can just see him like... (laughs) let's go (laughs) so there were lots of roaches seven crates of them in fact if you were wondering son of a bitch (laughs) and you want to know how they kept them on set yes vaseline what they just put a barrier of vaseline yes they just (laughs) can roaches not get through vaseline okay so how they got them in there so the seven crates of cockroaches were released and poured on him Gross. Something had to be put in his ears and nose to stop the cockroaches from crawling in. But it didn't stop them from crawling into his underwear. What? Which one is worse? You had to lay there and not move with all these roaches crawling on your butt. Would you rather roaches in your ear, in your nose, or in your underwear? Literally none. None. Okay, I don't want them all in any orifice. Yeah. It's all orifices. All orifices. <laughs> Sometimes I, making eggs in one of your orifices. <laughs> I feel them on me. Like if I even think one is on me, I'm stripping my clothes off. Yeah. Because I'm fucking because done. fuck that. Do we have notes on the bucket of vomit? Uh, or was I, it just an empty bucket? I don't Maybe have a note just, on it. I never Neither saw in I. the bucket. They, they don't just sh- said it's there was a bucket empty. of vomit. I hope so. They were meticulous, I ho- though. So. I know. I hope that who's going to be the one to throw up in the bucket all day? He did, mm. like, <laughs> Brad Pitt pulls his head back really fast. Like, maybe it really did stink bad. I don't know it's what It's probably they did. just the spaghetti that's been sitting there all day. It's making me feel nauseated just <laughs> thinking <laughs> oh, about no. it. So it's pretty spooky in there. They just have flashlights to see. <laughs> so there's a scenes in the movie whenever like his flashlight doesn't work. And he said that that happened on accident. Brad Pitt did. And um, they had to rig up flashlights because they liked it so much. And they wanted to keep doing that. But they so couldn't. So they rigged them to stop working? Yeah. This poor man. Yeah. He just needs some batteries. So they're inspecting the scene. And Mills finds a bucket of vomit under the table and has a looky-loo. <laughs> he doesn't know it's vomit yet, but he looks inside. It's vomit. Somerset doesn't bat an eye, but he wants to know about that vomit. Was there blood in it? Somerset sends Mill away like a child to go talk to neighbors. And Mills is not happy about it. I notice that Somerset takes his glasses off with his gloved hand after touching all the yuckies. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of scenes in this movie where I'm like, you're like putting your hair and your fibers and your shoe everywhere, all over everything. You don't even have booties on, sir. I never realized how much I touch things in my face and everything else until COVID happened. Oh, yeah. That makes you know. Yeah. Um, They have the doctor guy, I guess this is the coroner, say, this guy is dead. (laughs) No shit. (laughs) 
<laughs> and before that, we could see Somerset looking carefully at his hair in his hairline. And I think that the Dr. O'Neill guy that was doing the one of the people in the movie was Crazy Joe Devola from Seinfeld, Peter Crombie. Oh. And I think it was the guy that pronounces him dead. And he's in a couple of the scenes. So now they're driving. Mills and Somerset, and Mills is fussing about not jerking him off. Yeah. <laughs> just don't he jerk him like off. It. Don't jerk him off. Um, so now they're at the coroner, and the gluttony victim is on the table at the autopsy person, whatever he would be. A mortician? Mortician. I could not think of the word. Or a medical examiner. Both of those are I think good. a mortician is the one at the funeral home. Possibly. And then a medical examiner mm-hmm. would be... I think a mortician would work at the mortuary, and that's where they embalm you. Yeah. Okay. And the medical examiner would be doing the examination of medical things. <laughs> Love the description. <laughs> Thank you so much. You want me to use them in a sentence? Please don't. I think now they're called like forensic whatevers. Those are the ones that do forensics. <laughs> yeah, but no, like even to be like a nurse these days that collect like um rape victim swabs and stuff you have to have like a special training and you become like a forensics type oh that right, does so make sense a mortician is a funeral director who preserves bodies plans funerals and manages all tasks that relate to an upcoming funeral gotcha they have training in embalming cremating and organizing funerals mm-hmm. all right interesting i have some steps to become a funeral director if you want <laughs> Sure. No, thank you. No. Oh, you already X'd it out. I wanted to know. Okay, so look, you only have to be 21 years old. Com- wow. Complete an ABFSE accredited oh, funeral wow. service. That's it. Or a mortuary science education program, pass a state and or national board exam, and then serve an internship lasting one to three years. How much is that exam? actually doing all that. <laughs> Ask me another question. Katrina does that. Uh so the what would he be called? Mort- mortician? No, nope. no. All of that, we, don't, we still don't know what he's called. The medical examiner. This guy at the whatever the place that they're at <laughs> tells them about the dead guy and says that he ate till he burst. And they ask that maybe these bruises on his head could possibly be from a gun. Dude, I saw, as soon as I saw those pathologist bruises. Yes. A pathologist. A medical examiner who does an autopsy is a doctor, usually a pathologist. Okay. Wow. So I was right. In all ways. We were all wrong. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> said I said medical examiner. You didn't say a pathologist. No, I didn't say a pathologist, but I did say a medical examiner. You're right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, right. all she wants to hear. So let's get the lowdown on the dead people. I'm going to be doing some sprinkling. All right. Sprinkle. So this was written by Rebecca Asher Walsh. This is from EW.com. I can throw up the link on... Please don't throw up. ...our (laughs) Facebook. These are the corpse stars of Seven. So in Seven, Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman get all the glory as investigators pursuing a serial killer who picks his victims according to the seven deadly sins. Thanks for the synopsis twice. (laughs) But I can cut this. You want me to cut it? You want me to cut But as the stars emoted, the actors hired to play the victims had to lie very, very still while remembering one instruction. Play dead. Mm -hmm. Forget FaceTime. Most of them spend their entire screen time face down in fake blood. I can only hope the movie will do for these actors what playing a corpse in The Big Chill did for Kevin Costner, says director David Fincher. Is that a good Dr. Pepper? It's a Dr. Pepper zero. Get it right. 
zero goodness in it's there. It's the best part of my day, my Dr. The, Pepper Zero time. The best part. The best. So we have these people recounting their big moments. We're only going to name five of them because naming the other two would give away the ending. Gluttony was played by, who was it? I don't know. Bob Mack. He was actually the stand-in for Fat Bastard in one of the Austin Powers movies. You said that earlier. Why didn't I know that? It's okay. His cause of death was being a morbidly obese shut-in in in a roach-infested hovel, and he dies of internal hemorrhaging after the killer force-feeds him until he bursts. On bagging the part, he said, I went in and did a reading with the casting director, but I didn't act dead or anything. I was told the character was a very heavy guy face down in spaghetti. Max said that he weighed 480 pounds at the time. And he said that the camera adds 300 pounds. Sure it does. <laughs> Not. <laughs> On playing dead, Max said he didn't realize he would be sharing screen time with hundreds of insects until he read the call sheet. And he was like, oh, a cockroach wrangler. <laughs> he bared all for the part, said, it's my first film and I've been Sharon Stoned. And his perk was Brad Pitt flicked the roaches off between takes. Awesome. <laughs> That's what I got. Gotcha. It turns out that the gluttony killing, according to the pathologist, took 12 hours. Somerset is telling his boss... What would that guy be? The cop boss? Chief. The captain chief? Okay. Yeah. The captain, yeah. They're telling the boss that the the victim's throat was swollen from the effort, and you actually cannot eat until you burst. The killer kicked him until he burst. It's the police captain, played by R. Lee Ermey. Yes. Yes. I do have some information on him. He auditioned for john doe but Hmm. then they gave him the captain part he died in 2018 his big movie that you probably remember him from is full metal jacket yes he also did a lot of cartoon voices playing a major or general or sergeant he was sarge in all of the toy stories and he was in the frighteners even when he played the chief here like he still gave off the same vibe oh yeah it's his he really was a full metal jackets yeah It's he was just in his DNA. He's perfect for it. Yeah. And it said that in Full Metal Jacket, he improvised a lot of his lines, which is not normally what Stanley, is it Kubrick? How do yeah. you say it? Kubrick. How he normally did not allow that. And his nickname was The Gunny. Hmm. So they're talking to the captain. And yes. I raised my hand just FYI. I love it. The <laughs> autopsy of the first killing, as originally scripted, was incorrect. According to the research of makeup man, Rob Botton, the scene was truncated from the original script and shows only the sewn-up corpse of gluttony, not the actual autopsy. Hmm. What is truncated? Your butt. Is it? <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me if my butt really is truncated. I really have to look up truncated because I don't, I don't know what it means. I do want to know. So they're talking about the killing, and Somerset is saying, you don't take all that time unless it had meaning. And the captain says, don't put your big brain in this. Somerset tells him that he doesn't want this case because it's going to go on and on. Mills says, yeah, he shouldn't be on it. Give it to me. But he, Somerset says that Mills shouldn't be on it either. He's not ready. He really goes through the whole movie trying to protect him. 
and talk him out of doing what he's doing with these cases. Ermie isn't having it. The captain, Arlie Ermie, called him Ermie. And he takes Mills off of the case. So, technically, he's off of the case as of now. Truncate means shorten the duration or extent of. Yeah, I don't really know how all that went because it was like they had this one discussion and then like he ends up in the desk and shit. So he they had a later discussion. So he's taking over Somerset's job. Mm-hmm. So he is going to get his office. But they're not supposed to be on the case. They're not. So they give him the next case, mm. not knowing that they're tied together. Because I. So now it's Tuesday. We see some newspaper headlines about a high-priced lawyer found dead. It is Eli Gould, played by Gene Borkin. And I didn't catch this whenever, um, this was a note that I found online. I didn't catch this whenever I was watching it, but it said that you can zoom in on the newspapers announcing the murder. And there's articles on the front page. <clears throat> Did you have that? No. Talking about um, a housekeeper held hostage by oh, child's yeah, <laughs> possessed gerbil. I did yeah. read that. Three days of terror. And another one said, neighbor's beagle scares teen, cures eight-year bout with hiccups. <laughs> you know, like those, um, the star, is that what There was a chick called? that really did have hiccups for a really long time. That sounds miserable. Yeah. I hate even having them for five minutes. I think she ended up on like Maury or something. Oh, was she on there? You would know. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. <laughs> so... Unlike the last case of gluttony, now there are lots and lots of reporters outside. Mills is on this new case. Lots of people are working this one. And he sends the other two guys out of the room. He's watching the news in this office about Eli Gould being found dead. And there's a picture of a woman in front of him on the desk. On the picture, this woman has a bandit mask drawn around her eyes with blood. On the TV, unlike the gluttony victim who nobody cared about they're interviewing i guess another captain or um i had him listed as da talbot oh okay the district attorney that makes sense and he says this case is going to have swift justice we zoom out above mills in the office and we see blood all over the floor and greed is spelled out about six feet wide in blood. And I'm like, oh, the killer must have brought a pretty nice paintbrush with him. <laughs> right. hey, so for the greed scene, Gene Borkin, who plays the victim, was hogtied and only wearing his underwear for most of the shooting. He was covered in over two gallons of fake blood, and the blood was so thick and sticky that his knees became stuck to the floor. Sounds glorious. I read that um, he didn't even really know what was going on. He said he answered a casting call looking for a smarmy lawyer type. And it wasn't until he arrived on set that he realized he was going to spend his time naked and covered in blood, acting like a corpse. And that he immediately renegotiated, receiving five times the Screen Actors Guild Day scale fee of $522, as well as a pair of underwear. So he didn't, he fought to not be naked. Who could blame him? Yes. Who would want to be naked in that all day? Five times $522. Naked. That's what he demanded. He He got it. it. Yeah. So all of, I don't remember if I looked him up, but I tried to look up most of the victims and they really didn't have, they were just extras. Like they didn't really have a career takeoff. I only had a few of them um, listed that I found notes on. He said the best part about the movie was getting more money. Well, fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, it says that his resume includes parts in Philadelphia and Beverly Hills Cop. All right. 
So now we are back at the cop office. Precinct? What would we call it? Yeah, precinct. Sounds good. We see a guy scraping Somerset's name off of the door of his office, and he's typing, Somerset is typing on an old school, old school, (laughs) typewriter. Drill Sergeant Captain comes in and tells him about the murder of Eli Gould. Somerset doesn't care. He continues to type. They discuss how he can't just stop being a cop. And Somerset says, last night someone was walking their dog and they got robbed and attacked. And while they were laying on the ground, they got stabbed in both their eyes. He says, I don't understand this place anymore. Yeah, he seems pretty defeated this whole time. Oh, I, maybe he's been doing this job a little too long. It just seems awful. Yeah. To I think try if they would have made a sequel with him being the next killer, that would be cool. Oh, if he became the killer? So he's already so jaded. I saw you. fan theories of people trying to reason how Somerset was actually the killer. Mm-hmm. And then how they were trying to reason that Mills, it's not like that. But these <laughs> they people just put way too much thought yes. into it. I mean, if you listen to the commentary, that is not what happened at all. Yeah, no. But it was interesting to read the fan theories of people trying to map out how it could have been either one of them. That's crazy. I have so many different things they tried to do, but I'll save that for the end. So I feel like I would quit this, too. This is a horrible, depressing job that you'll never get ahead right and he has no one to go home to like yes doesn't even have a dog i want the sequel even to if have you, him have someone even if you went home to somebody it's not like you they can would never understand talk about oh yeah. yeah you would be so unavailable but you can get belly hugs at least yeah <laughs> no is that not what would happen crystal that's our go-to at home a belly, belly hug hugs. our belly such and we have a Oh, I was wondering what a belly hug was because I was like, do you just hug her belly? Am it's a not? release of tension. How do I not know what this is? <laughs> you just made me a little less badass. Oh, it's kind of like if Care Bears were to hug, I feel like. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Eroded away. Your Care Bear stare hug. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Back to the movie. Yes. So the captain puts something down on the table and he says that the coroner found something in the stomach of the gluttony victim. The coroner. What's <gasps> his name? Oh, I do Whoa. have it in there. I do have it We're in all there. dumb. What are, they, what are they called? Oh, fuck y'all. <laughs> We're all dumb. Oh, look at my notes. The coroner. I Got even you. said it right. Fucking coroner. Get it. Is it coroner? No, definitely not. I think it's coroner. <laughs> So they found pieces of plastic in the stomach, and now Somerset is very interested. He goes back to Gluttony's apartment. Do they ever say his name? I don't think so. We Ooh. have Gluttony. I don't think they no, ever give his don't. name. No. So now we have some good crime scene lamps. It's not as dark as it was. They must have gone to Harbor Freight. <laughs> he looks in the fridge. We can tell he's trying to figure something out. Somehow... He notices on the ground that there's gouges in the floor. And I remember this being so mysterious in the movie. It was such a cool discovery. He sees plastic pieces that they were from the floor gouges. And he moves the fridge. And behind the fridge, someone carved gluttony into the wall in layers of grease. And there's a little note tacked to it. Somerset goes back to the precinct, shows the note to his boss. And it says... 
Long is the way that out of hell leads up to light. It's from Paradise Lost. And he starts to explain the seven deadly sins. He lists them all. And when he says wrath, he says it and looks right at Mills. I don't know if y'all noticed that. I did not. Mm -mm. So again, he tells them, I can't get involved in this. Mills fights for it and says that he wants it. So a little bit about Brad Pitt. The first time I remember seeing him was Thelma and Louise. And I was a kid and he thought he was gross. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, people would always talk Wasn't about it, like, how, half naked in that movie? Like, no shirt and a jeans? I don't remember. I just remember not thinking he was attractive until I grew up some. And yeah. people would talk about how hot he was. And I was like, you weren't there yet? <laughs> and no, the Ninja Turtles are hot. That's what it is. <laughs> so he was in Cool World, Fight Club. I like Cool World. Fight Club was also directed by um, Fincher and Snatch. We don't talk about Fight Club. We don't. He's in an upcoming movie called United Formula One Racing Movie. He got $30 million for doing that one. Wow. After watching Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, he asked Guy Ritchie if he could be in his next film, which was Snatch. He couldn't master... Y'all saw Snatch, right? I think so. Where he's like a gypsy? Maybe not. <gasps> y'all gotta Maybe watch not. it. It's fucking good. Crystal. He's a gypsy? Okay. You, would, you would know if he's... He's like a boxing gypsy. Totally seen it. Okay. <gasps> We're She's watching it. Totally seen it. I'm very... I'm, put it, was, it on the list. It was so good. <laughs> no. It's good. I'll put it on the whiteboard. Okay. I don't know if I want to watch it for a podcast. Okay. It's well, pretty involved. Then. But... I want you to watch it. All right. So this note won't mean anything to you, but he has none of your notes mean anything. Crazy. Thank you. Gypsy accent. He says that he could not master the English accent for the movie, so Richie gave him the role of Mickey, the One Punch Pikey, as an Irish fighter in Snatch. And this means nothing to you, but he talks very interestingly. Snatches mean everything to me. You better watch this fucking movie. (laughs) Joel said, watch it. We're watching it. So he broke his arm in the movie seven and we get to that later. Uh, I do have another note about how he has a stalker in 1999 who crawled in through an open window. God damn. Dressed herself in his clothes. That's like Brad Pitt in his time, though. In his (laughs) prime. That was his prime time. Yeah, man, now you'd run into, like, a house full of kids. Yeah. (laughs) She broke in, stayed for 10 hours wearing his clothes before the alarm went off. She was ordered not to contact the actor and to stay 100 yards away from him for three years. Wow. And in 2005, he earned $4.5 million for a Heineken commercial that aired during the 2005 Super Bowl. He earned $7 million for this movie. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good. Seven. Oh. The beginning. <laughs> Seven million. So he is supposed to have, I don't Just, know if I'll oh, go ahead. pronounce this right, prosopagnosia, which is like you have trouble recognizing faces. Same, dude. <laughs> Same. You just have a bad memory. Just before this movie, he did uh, Legends of the Fall. I did read yeah. that. And I then he that. said he wanted more say he, in this movie then and he had a lot of was, say in it he yeah did, he contributed then he was a lot. given 
in that movie. One reason he took this role was to, in his words, escape the cheese from yeah. Legends of the Fall. And he wouldn't take his shirt off in this movie I just movie recently got it. Crystal and to watch Legends of the Fall. And he still nominated for uh, Best Male. Yeah, he won MTV yeah. Movie. Yeah. I have the notes in there somewhere. He did win. Same. So now we're back at Somerset's apartment. He's got a dartboard and he's throwing his pocket knife at it, landing it on there. And um, they thought they were going to have to edit that in, but he managed to just do it over and over, throwing it at the bullseye. (laughs) He realizes something and runs out and gets a cab. We see someone hurt on the sidewalk. He tells the cabbie that he's headed far away from here. He arrives at his local library where everyone knows his name. (laughs) Get out. There's about five night guards there. A lot of night guards. I don't know if they were all night guards or if they're just like where the cops meet after work. Like the ones that don't go to the bar. They're all night guards. That's a big library. I assumed they were night guards. One takes the floor. None of them are taking floors. They're They're all playing poker. years old. There's no way they're cops. All right. Retired cops. They just put their uniforms on and go up there. How big is... What library are they at? They're like in a New York library, and them bitches are big. So, it's not a real... She's been there. It's not... (laughs) I've been to New York, but everything's big in New York. She went to that library and got a book. I did. I wish I had time. (laughs) Free 93. No. I only went there for Montel. So, that library was actually a redesigned bank set from the movie The Mask, and... They wanted to cut the library scene because they said that it was unnecessary and it would save hundreds of thousands of dollars. It was so necessary. It was. Fincher said that they had to keep it and he insisted on keeping it because it lets you know where Somerset goes in the city and when he's off of work. And it shows you a lot about his character. I think that it's necessary because you see him reading all these. They get so much information. In-depth books and then you see Detective Mills later get the. Idiot. The cliff notes. The, the I mean, he's literally learning about the seven deadly sins while he's there. And to me, it's part of what makes the movie so great because you would have gone to the library to yeah. research back then. Yeah. There's no interwebs. No yeah. Google. Well, I mean, there were probably interwebs, but not Google. It, Did there you wasn't see a lot their on computers there. with their fingerprinting oh, I system? That. It was so ancient. So they had to create this library because they couldn't find what? one that had Did the you right. You just put an X in that fucking word. Ancient. ancient. <gasps> What's oh wrong with me? What's wrong God. with my word? <laughs> we literally just had An- this conversation. She ancient, did it. She did it on purpose. I feel ancient. like she did it on purpose. I swear <laughs> to God. How many continents are there, Crystal? Seven. <laughs> dun, dun. The planets when we're have talking aligned. about planets. <laughs> there, however, there are eight planets, <laughs> not seven. <laughs> It's okay if you got continents and planets mixed up. I They're did. almost the same. I 100% did. I Just like, don't get incontinent. planets. What are you talking about? <laughs> so they created this library because they couldn't find one that had exactly what they wanted with the right balconies and things for the scenes that they wanted. They also had problems like getting enough books. They had well, no shit. Just go to a library and don't have so many issues with balconies. They wanted it the way they wanted it. I got this you. This is where that, what was it, 33 million? It's in a book. Recreating a book. It's in a book. Take a look. <laughs> the set designers said that they had to create about 45,000 fake bookends to wow. fill in this library. Go to the library. It can't cost that much. Go to the real library. It's free. 
it's got to be free, right? I mean, I guess if they have to rent out a a library for the day, but it wouldn't cost any more than it costs to hire Brad Pitt. Yeah, they could go on Sunday. They went at night when it's closed anyways. Yeah. Look at us. We should be movie directors. We're already (laughs) thrifty. That's it. Create a library. Go to the library. Just go to the freaking library. Joelle could have did this on a million dollars. I could have done this on fifty thousand dollars no you had well you would oh, not have no. covered brad Pitt's. i would have not had any actors that wouldn't <laughs> no we got Kevin. that too we don't need no brad space we'll find someone else mills is back at his house looking at the dead guy photos and i felt like gwenny should have been like hey babe could you leave those scary photos at work thanks bye <laughs> <laughs> this is when i was kind of thinking like this is why they make a good team because their yeah. brains both think that differently. Like one's exploring the more in-depth shit and the other one's looking over all the crime scenes and stuff. Like it you is, understand how their brains work a little differently. And it is good to have a team of people that like one is seasoned with mm-hmm. the old eyes and mm-hmm. one is like new and fresh with new. A little eager. Yeah. One's tired and one's eager. <laughs> so Somerset is looking at books at the library. They're cutting back and forth between he and Mills. Him and Mills, right? Him. Sure. He pulls out a Jeff, uh, Chaucer. Is it Jeffrey Chaucer? Chaucer. Chaucer. Is it Jeffrey? That does not sound right. It's not Jeffrey. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know the name, but I guarantee it's not fucking Jeffrey. It might be Jeffrey. Now that I keep saying it. I fucking hope it's Jeffrey. It is Jeffrey. Oh, thank God. With a G. (laughs) Well, Joffrey. Well, Joffrey. I was saying it like Jeff the Killer over here. <laughs> so he also gets to the book, The Divine Comedy. Pitts is looking at the photo still, and he sees the photo of the lawyer. And it says that he was forced to mutilate himself in the notes that he's looking at. So Somerset is making Mills some notes, and he says that you may want to check the following books. Dante's Purgatory, the Con- the Canterbury Tales. This one I thought was about little animals. <laughs> I blame Cadbury. <laughs> I was going to say it's not Cadbury. <laughs> the Parsons Tale and the Dictionary of Catholicism. He's making copies of books, probably out of pocket. I bet it was like five cents a page. And we can hear the song, Sweet Number 3 in D, 1068 Number 2. It's in D. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there one day. We gotta leave these jokes in. Otherwise, it's gonna be so heavy. (laughs) I just put it still raining and this city is so fucking loud. I already told you why it was raining. I got a note. It's hump day. Which is a Wednesday. What day it is? It was after Mike, she, Mike, 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 Mike. It was after she what threw out the day D. What day is it? And what then is says that? it's hump day. Hump day. <laughs> <laughs> so I never realized that this movie is supposed to take place over a week. Yeah, I I, I didn't even notice until it said Thursday. Then I was like, oh, we're yeah. doing days of the week. I know when it said Sunday. I have my note here. <laughs> it's raining again. Shocker. Is it raining men? Yeah. Definitely not. Hallelujah. If only. (laughs) And Pitts is reading the Dante stuff. He's got the cliff notes. And he is pissed off. Nope. He doesn't have the cliff notes yet. He's mad because he doesn't understand it. 
I think his ego exceeds his brain sometimes in this movie. His ego. It's bad. Yeah. But I think that is just like a old detective versus younger. So it's raining again. Pitts is in his car and he seems unhappy. Someone delivers him something. Oh, look, it's the cliff notes to all of those books. What a cheater. Who's got time to read (laughs) when you're working 24-7? I would need the cliff notes. I don't think he eats or sleeps for a week. He doesn't. (laughs) So Mills is moving into the office, and he's taking Somerset's desk. Yeah, I totally missed this part where I was like, why do they switch (laughs) desks? Well, he's taken over. Yeah. Somerset moves to a tiny desk. It's a very bleak office. There are three colors. Yellow depressing cream, brown stain, and tan. I can tell that... That there's some wood paneling. Some wood paneling. (laughs) I can also tell that Mills has some cap highlights. You know, it's 1995. Oh, yeah. Just the tip. Just the tip. The phone rings, and they're both trying to figure out who's going to answer it. Mills answers, and immediately his voice softens, and he is very pussy-whipped. It's when Somerset says the phone comes with the office, Dingleberry. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he did. (laughs) He did call him a Dingleberry. Like, who's going to answer this phone? (laughs) Oh, no, wait, I have it that Mills calls Tracy a Dingleberry, and he says, I told you not to call me at work, you Dingleberry. I got you. Being really sweet to his wife. Either way. They said Dingleberry. And we, and both, we all know what that is. Oh, yeah. What is that? It's the poo that hangs on to your bum. I thought it was the toilet paper. No, it's like it's like when the when it hangs With on the your hair. little hairs. I thought it was the toilet paper. And it's poo. No. You it's better poo. find out on the it's Urban the Dictionary. Poo-poo. I know what a fucking Dingleberry is. It's the poo-poo that mm. hangs on. Kind of like when your dog. This is why we have to Google things. When your one. dog. Oh. We got four dogs. Well, dogs don't have toilet Ever paper. Ever so often, they just got one that doesn't quite pinch off right, and they run around with this turd flapping around in the wind. A doggy berry. I don't know if that's really considered considered Dingleberry. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get I learned it. this one like in junior high. A very I... small piece of shit intertwined <laughs> with nut hairs and lint balls. There you go. Oh, lint ball. So it's toilet paper and But lint can balls. women get it? That said yes, nut got hairs. The butt hairs. That said nut hairs. It said nut hairs. So, I'm so we're all wrong. That's Urban Dictionary. It's a nut hair. Well, we're in a land now Wikipedia where ladies, is, ladies don't keep their vag hair too, too long. Not like 80s Wikipedia. Style. Some might. Or sorry, uh, the dictionary from Oxford languages is okay. a foolish. Oh, that's a good or one. Or inept person. Okay. <laughs> no duty at all. <laughs> no, you dingleberry. <laughs> uh, the old school. Dictionary definition. That's Crystal's favorite word. So he's talking to his wife and he's trying to talk her out of something, but she invites. Nope. She demands to talk to Somerset. (laughs) She demands to talk to Somerset and he tries to turn her down. She's asking him to dinner. Mills doesn't even know what to think. When he was on the phone with Tracy, I think that you could see where his hand was swollen and purple after the accident because they had to shoot some of that out of order. Yeah, they said he had to kind of like hide it. Mm-hmm. So Tracy is Gwyneth Paltrow. She was 22 at the time, and they said that they didn't think she was going to be right for the role. They had her come in and audition 
interview, whatever you would call it. She walked in the room, asked where is the bathroom, and she left, and they said she's perfect. (laughs) How fucking easy. That's how she got the role. God damn. So, Morgan Freeman. His movie credits started around 1964. He was born in 1937. Damn, so that seems so long his, ago. His big, big thing is he was on the Electric Company Kids Show from 1971 to 1977. He was on 780 episodes, and a lot of people say that he taught them how to read, even people that worked on this movie. Wow. So the first movie that I recognized him from whenever I read over his credits was Driving Miss Daisy. He was also in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and Dreamcatcher. I love that movie. Coming to America 2, Now You See Me 2, Ted 2, Dolphin Tail 2, lots of twos. I have a little fun note on Mr. Freeman. Is it his bees? No, it has to do with his voice. Oh, I don't have that one. Okay, from Unilad.com, Freeman credits the work of a teacher at the Los Angeles City College where he was allowed to take classes for free after getting a job there as a transcript clerk. He went in with a southern accent and came out with his unique voice. He said one way to deepen your voice is to yawn a lot. It relaxes your throat and vocal cords, allowing the tone to drop. Oh, that's awesome. Right? That's such a cool tidbit. Yeah. Chris, I thought you, it was neat. You want to be tough? You better start yawning. I, I was have. like, I yawn so fucking much and I still sound like I'm 10. I already have a <laughs> decently deep voice for a lady. I don't think that I want to do any more than that. Well, all right then. I read that he keeps a lot of bees. In 2014, he converted a 124-acre ranch, ranch that he owns in Mississippi. Into Does he a, sleep above the bees? I don't know if he even sleeps there at all. It's oh, a ranch that he owns. I got you. Being as he's Morgan Freeman, he might have. What kind of question is that? So I read a lot on grounding and natural things. Oh, here we go. I read where like beekeepers and stuff live like longer than most people. And a lot of them choose to live above their bees, like the energy they put out or some shit. I don't know. It's supposed to be good for you. Don't you like bees, Crystal? I like bees. I don't like hippie bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say you like. Halloween bees. Halloween bees? I am fucking lost. Same. Boobies. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. She got you on that one. Fuck right. yeah. That was very good. That's good. Right? Yep. I like that one. I like Continue. It. So he, they don't know exactly how many bees are on that ranch. The buzz kind of bees. But it could be up to two million. He also had a really bad car accident in two thousand eight and it left his hand paralyzed. And you'll see that he like wears a glove quite often. A Aww. compression glove. Michael Jackson? No. Kind of like that. <laughs> so he shows up at their house and if you notice on the door, it has five A and that is the fifth sin is wrath. Oh. A little bit of what? Mm-hmm. Foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Got you. So they introduce themselves. Gwenny Tracy gets them too. It turns out that Somerset's name is William and Pitt's name is David. They both didn't even know each other's first names. 
Yeah, she calls him a William like every single time. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's endearing. It is. She is very endearing. Yes. He asks about the kids, and we see that they have two dogs. I thought that they were Weimaraners. Weimaraners? Weimaraners? I don't know. What the they just look like fun dogs. They did look fun. I would totally jump in that room and play with dogs. That's kind of like how it is when I walk in the front door at home every day. <laughs> play with all the dogs. <laughs> they all just come at you. So he throws himself on the floor. We see that the dogs are in this tiny room covered in newspapers. And on the commentary, Pitt kind of talked about he said to do this scene with the dogs because it kind of showed you more about how selfish Mills is that he uprooted his whole family, even his dogs, and sucked them into this tiny apartment. Oh, here I am thinking like he takes time for his dogs. (laughs) It really put a spin on it that I was like, oh, that's kind of sad. I take time for my dogs when they're like kids. I I did kind of feel bad for him. They're living on newspapers. At some point, Tracy literally says like, I hate it here. Yeah. I wouldn't like it shoving the dogs in a newspaper room because they can't even really bring them outside. You gotta walk them on a leash all the time. Yeah. So, she tells Somerset that they were high school sweethearts, and she knew on their first date that they were going to get married, and that he was the funniest guy she ever met. I just want to know why the music is playing so loud at this point. <laughs> I didn't even notice it. So loud. like I That was usually like, distracts me. I couldn't even... Ha- that It was distracting to me. Like, yeah. I was just like, this music's so loud. Like, Probably I, why it took you six hours to take so notes. So much is happening. And this was not even my notes part. I'm aware. <laughs> She That's looks, why it takes her so long. She takes notes on everybody's parts. Yes. Me too. I like to contribute. She looks shocked at his gun and says that she just can't seem to get used to them. Isn't she so sweet and innocent and nonviolent? Her nickname is Gwenny. She was Brad Pitt's boy girlfriend back then, and he helped convince her to do the movie. She awesome. also has that goop magazine website lifestyle like what she's got goop (laughs) goop you've never heard of it no that's the thing where they have like jade eggs that you're supposed to put in your vagina they sell them for a lot of i think they got sued for it Mm. don't hold me responsible for that but i think that's what happened okay but if you look at her goop website they've got lots of interesting things i tried to send y'all some all right i remember Her mother is Blythe Danner. You would recognize her if you Googled her. She was on. I do. Meet You did. Yeah. Meet the parents. And it said that uh, she was on to Wong Fu. I love bringing that movie up. I remember her without without having to Google her. She was on um, Sisterhood Traveling Pants. Good for you. Is that a chick flick? Definitely. It's a. I haven't seen it's it. A book. It's a woman. It's a woman power. It is a book. It is a book. It's got all of Crystal's boxes checked. No. I've never lesbian. watched it. Oh. Have you seen it? Is there it? not? No. No, oh, I haven't seen it. It's, I remember it being a really big deal. I'm thinking of the other movie where it's like the best friends in the treehouse. Now what and then. that one? Uh, yes. Now and then. I, love, I that love that movie. Put it on the list. On the whiteboard. Her yeah. godfather is Steven Spielberg. She was in Shakespeare in Love, Sliding Doors, Shallow How, which did not age well. No. And she was also young Wendy in the movie Hook. Mm-hmm. Over dinner and wine, they kind of get to the end of conversation, and she finally asks Somerset how he was never married. He says that he was close once, and people that spend a lot of time with him find him disagreeable. (laughs) Just ask your husband. 
And he asks them how they like the city. And then the subway comes and shakes the whole house like an earthquake. I, have a note. I think he also says like he lived there too long. Like yeah. he's just lived there too long. And that makes sense. It would get to you after yeah. that. If that's all you see everywhere you look. Yeah. Like I can't imagine. The mill's apartment is built on a shakable platform. The crew would trick visitors to the set with instant earthquakes. That's <laughs> oh, that's funny. funny. <laughs> I thought that was pretty interesting how they had to build a whole soundstage just to do that scene to be yeah. able to like shake them and everything. Okay, well, probably should have just went to the library, save some money. <laughs> they should have. You just shake the camera. Are you act like you're shaking? Shake the camera. Come yeah, on. just everybody <laughs> act like they're shaking. Shake the table. That's how they used to do That's it. That's how they did it whenever they were acting like witches and shit. <laughs> <laughs> this was probably the biggest laugh that you've oh, yeah. ever seen they like, all laugh so well they're really it said that yeah. they laughed a lot doing these scenes so i think that was probably really their laugh yeah so gwenny is gone now and they're pretty good friends it looks like they're starting to befriend each other they're discussing the lawyer and they're looking at pictures of him he's in his undies and it says that he has one arm bound and was handed a butcher knife he could have been there for days this takes place over a week but it was going on before that yeah we see a photo of the scale somerset says a pound of flesh no more no less no cartilage no bone just flesh and that is from the merchant of venice they discuss how what would be expendable and pitt says your love handle and that's where he cut from himself and Somerset says, get rid of all the shock and just focus on one detail. They discuss the books that they were talking about and how the murderer is preaching and there are no fingerprints. They say there must be another piece to the puzzle. And Pitts is saying that he needs to go to bed and walk the dogs. He's ready to stop. And he then he remembers the picture of the woman with the bandit mask pa- painted on. It's the lawyer's wife. She was out of town. She must have noticed or seen something. He says that he put her in a safe house. Again, the subway passes and shakes everything. They still can't figure out the mask. And we cut to Tracy sleeping in her clothes. She must have had too much wine. Tracy wakes up in bed alone, goes looking for her husband. Um, She finds the house quiet and empty. Mills and Somerset are out walking in the rain without umbrellas again. I thought they were walking the dogs initially because he said he needed to walk his dogs, but there are no dogs. He was ready to shut it down. Yeah. They're approaching a hotel when they make it up. There's a guy there telling them they need to sign in. We hear a very disgruntled woman complaining about not being allowed long distance calls. And Somerset knocks on the door asking for Mrs. Gould. Now Mills is kneeling in front of a sobbing Mrs. Gould who's having to go through these horrific crime scenes. Now Mills is kneeled in front of a sobbing Mrs. Gould who's having to go through these horrific crime scene photos and he's apologizing. He says she doesn't understand and he's, oh, she says she doesn't understand. I'm sorry. He's explaining how she needs to look at each photo very carefully. She's looking for anything strange or out of place. We can see she's quite overwhelmed at the time when she says she can't do this right now. And I'm like, I fucking feel you. Oh, no, there's no way. Um, <laughs> Somerset whispers quite loudly, it's got to be now. There may be something we haven't seen. 
She's still crying, but continuously going through the photos when she comes across an image of an art piece and says, wait, here, this painting is upside down. And how the fuck would you know? My exact (laughs) notes. Looking at this photo, I was just like, how would you know? I mean, I guess unless you truly spent a lot of time staring at it. My mom knows this man that had a painting on his wall for years and then they realized one day, whoever bought it for him or whatever, yeah. told him that it was upside down. It was a cat head. <laughs> like, they had it upside down. And when you turn it the right way, you can see that it's like a cat skull or something. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> okay. Um, Somerset grabs the photo. We skip through what I can only assume is more traveling through the rain, unaccompanied by an umbrella. Mills and Somerset are back in the Gould home, gloving up in front of the painting, and Somerset inquires, you sure your men didn't move this? Mills answers, no, 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 no. These shots were taken before forensics. Looking at this piece, like I said, I just wondered to myself how you can even tell. They remove it from the wall, finding nothing. Somerset flips it right side up, saying there's got to be something. They're both analyzing this thing from all angles when they realize he had to have moved the screws to rehang it. And that is so, he is so meticulous yes. that people even figured these crimes out yeah, with I, these clues. I don't think I've ever moved screws to hang a photo. I use command strips <laughs> for everything. <laughs> okay. Um, Somerset pulls out a knife and Mill comes around the corner saying, what the fuck is that? It's a knife. A switchblade. <laughs> right. Somerset starts cutting into the back of this photo when he replies, switchblades. Apparently, that's a New York thing because... <laughs> They're illegal, too, most he, places. Yeah, he, did, he didn't know what it was. Uh, they tear back the paper, revealing nothing. They lay it down. Mills is angered, walks off, saying he didn't paint the fucking thing. Somerset is still on his hands and knees, going from rubbing all over this painting to staring back up at the wall and back to rubbing all over the painting again, saying there's got to be something. Somerset goes back to staring at the wall, stands up, and Mills is pacing when he says he's fucking with us. That's what he's doing. The whole time he thinks they're fucking with him. Oh, yeah. Somerset starts climbing on this cabinet table placed against the wall and mills is in the background bending over a table exclaiming see this this is us somerset tells him in the calmest voice just wait a minute he starts dusting for prints and finds several tells mills to call the print lab there's now a lab guy spraying the wall down under black light and mills is astonished when he's asked his partner Honestly, have you ever seen anything like this? And we see the words, help me, written on the wall in what looks like fingerprints and palm prints. And the first time I watched it, like, you you do think that that's probably the killer saying, yeah. saying help me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, Somerset simply replies, no, this lab tech tells them that just by looking at the swirl patterns, they are not the victim's fingerprints. Somerset and Mills are now perched over some old-ass computers, and it looks like they're having to analyze these prints one by one. Is this dinosaur age system? That dinosaur was for you, Joelle. Oh. <laughs> 
it <laughs> is like you see the fingerprints flashing yeah and the guy is like this is gonna take days yeah and now it's like instant i would assume <laughs> okay mills blurts out i don't know man i say he's whacked enough Somerset responds it doesn't fit as he's still typing away with no matches. He doesn't want us to help him stop, Mills says. Who knows? So many freaks out there doing their little evil deeds they don't want to do. The voices made me do it. The dog made me do it. Possible son of Sam, uh, son of Sam nod there. It I was. actually read that it was. Um, when he also says Jodie Foster made me do it. That was towards the guy that had um, obsession Hinkley. with Jodie. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Shot Reagan. I think that was his name. Yeah. Um, another guy in the room, which I later found out, is known as Alfonso Freeman. And he's Morgan Freeman's son. He says, um, I've seen this baby take as long as three days to make a match, so maybe you guys want to cross your fingers somewhere else. <laughs> I think he's annoyed with these fuckers. Get out of my office. <laughs> to leave. So now they're out, laid on some chair slash love seat in the hallway, yawning when Somerset asks Mills, you meant what you said to Mrs. Gould about catching this guy. I take a personal note that maybe I missed that part, because honestly, I don't remember him saying that. I didn't either. <laughs> then I was like, maybe they cut it out. They probably did. He responds, yeah. And Somerset goes on to tell him, I wish I still thought the way you do. Mills looks over asking, well, then why don't you tell me what it is you think we're doing then? And sadly, and a bit defeated, Somerset says, picking up the pieces. We're collecting all the evidence, taking all the pictures and samples, writing everything down, noting the times things happen that's all. Mills asks, oh, that's all, Mills asks. And Somerset goes on to say, that's all. Putting everything into neat little piles and filing it away on the off chance it will ever be needed in the courtroom. And that, like, really hits home of what Dude, police have to do. I was just, in that moment, I could just feel it all laying on yeah. me. Like, I was just like, never could I ever. Yeah. Now they get off a little easier with, like, fingerprints and dna yeah. and stuff i mean they have computers that help them a lot and but, but back I mean, then they were like vacuuming taking most pictures. police forces these days are still extremely understaffed yeah so meals is now sighing and rolling his eyes and somerset continues with picking up diamonds on a des deserted island saving them in case we get rescued I think Mills is getting hot. He sits up, takes his jacket off, leans over and angrily responds in Somerset's face. Bullshit. Somerset isn't bothered, though. Still leaning back with his fingers clasped over his stomach, he only looks over saying even the most promising clues usually only lead to others. So many corpses roll away unrevenged. For me, this shit starts getting real daunting and heavy, and I'm not even a fucking detective, and I feel the weight. So after 34 years, <laughs> yeah, he's like he really yeah. made you feel it, though. Yeah. Mills now has uh, made a pillow out of his jacket, and he looks like he's getting comfortable for a good bedtime story. He tells Somerset, "Don't tell me you didn't get that rush tonight. I saw you." As he fake yawns, it was a really bad fake yawn. <laughs> We're getting somewhere. This time, he moves what looks like a decorative ashtray stand, and instantly I'm thrown back into the 90s where indoor smoking was a thing. 
And if you did lay down, his face was right in it. Yeah. Maybe it was a real ashtray. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's now Thursday morning, and these two men are crashed on this love seat in the hallway. Mills has leaned onto Somerset's shoulder, open-mouthed. The birds are chirping, and this office building is active as we see people walking by. The captain's walking towards them, saying, wake up, Glimmer Twins. I had to Google who that was. Really? It was uh, the Rolling Stone. You knew who it was? The guy, the chief? Or them the Glimmer Twins? The no, Glimmer I don't twins, know who that I was is. like, what is that? I thought it was, it was um, just because they were sleeping. The Rolling Stones guys. Um, okay. Oh, I can't think of his name now. Somebody's going to hate me. <laughs> it's all Mick good. Jagger? Yeah, and the other one. I don't think either one of them resembled... <laughs> Mick Jagger. Maybe because they were sleeping. Um, But I was like, it's funny that they slept there waiting for the news. And the captain walked in and got the news before them, even though they slept there. They could have gone home. Right outside the door. Maybe they just didn't want to wake them up. Maybe so. These men are not sleeping well. Yeah. No. All right. The chief says, you got a winner. They jump up looking very disoriented. Like, what fucking day is it? The captain's now informing everyone in the room that this guy goes by the name of Victor. His real name's Theodore Allen. And where's Simon? His prints were found at the scene by homicide. He's got a long history of serious mental illness. His parents gave him a very strict Southern Baptist upbringing. But somewhere along the line, they fell short. We see an image of this guy's photo and info, and he looks extremely frail and sickly, in my opinion. Yeah, he did not look great. No. He goes on to say Victor dabbled in drugs, armed robbery and assault, spent some time in prison here a while back for the attempted rape of a minor. Now, and we're walking and talking for everyone to have to follow the captain. He continues, his lawyer saw to it that it didn't last long. His lawyer, by the way, is the recently deceased Eli Gould. That was a neat connection that I never caught before. Yep. Uh, The greed murder victim. Now walking down the stairs, he says, we're going to finish this thing up today, ladies and germs. Victor's been out of circulation for a while. Here we find Mills in Somerset taking up the rear of this entourage with Mills partaking in some much-needed coffee, for sure. The captain's now hollering in this stairwell that there's still a residence in Victor's name. Mills asks his partner, you're not buying all of this, are you? And Somerset's looking at this paperwork when he responds with, it doesn't seem like our guy, does it? It's too simple, right? Mills says, you tell me. Somerset goes deeper, saying our killer seems to have more purpose. There's now dramatic music being played as all of these men start loading up in their police vehicles, even a SWAT team. And Mills and Somerset jump in a vehicle that stopped to pick them up, and it's still fucking raining. Mills is now chewing on his coffee cup when he asks Somerset, you ever take a bullet? He says, never in my 34 years, knock wood. Does that even work if you just say it? <laughs> like, <laughs> if you just say it, it's okay. And you're not knocking on the wood. Know. so it Where didn't, did that even come from? It certainly <laughs> didn't work for him, according no. to the rest of the movie. No. So get that wood. I think that's, <laughs> that's some foreshadowing. Yeah. Okay. 
I've only taken my gun out three times with the intention of using it. Never pulled the trigger, not once. You? Mill says, yeah, but no. I never, never took a, never took a bullet, but, but I pulled my gun once. He stutters quite a bit at this point. I was waiting for him to say like he killed some kid or something. He seems like he'd be whipping his gun out a lot. Trigger happy. Yeah. Like just anxious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I pulled my gun once, shot it once. Somerset is intrigued, asking, really? Mill goes on. It was my first one of these. We were a secondary unit. I was pretty shaking going in. I was a rookie then. Anyway, we bust open this door looking for this junkie, and the fucker just opened fire on us. One cup got hit in the arm. Christ, what was his name? Then he continues. It spun him like a top, you know, I mean, more like slow motion. I remember riding in that ambulance. Well, he died right there. Oh, I didn't catch that part. I was wondering why he remembered it so much. Then he says, right fucking there. So he just got shot in the arm and he died? Yeah, I guess he bled to death. Oh, Maybe. I don't know. I definitely missed that. You can see. Yes. The word fuck and its derivatives are said a discernible 74 times throughout the movie, mostly by Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah, for sure. He also. Oof. Oof. He said (laughs) oof five times. Very important. You can see Somerset lower his head in the back seat and Mills is rubbing his own head, still trying to remember this guy's name. About 15 cop cars and a SWAT van roll up on this building with lights and sirens. I hope they weren't going for the uh, surprise. I didn't catch that they had their sirens Everyone runs out into the rain, climbing fire exits, invading the doors and interior stairs with guns drawn. It kind of looks like an abandoned building occupied by vagrants. There's random people walking the halls and hugging the walls, trying to stay out of the way. They come upon apartment 305 with Mills and Somerset once again bringing up the rear of this team. When a guy comes running by with a door rammer. I don't really know what it's called. A rammer. I got you. Rammer rod. I said a door Car rammer. Car rod. Car rammer. ram rod. <laughs> <laughs> Guy comes by running, saying, SWAT before dicks. Mills says they love this just before the chief busts through the door and they all run in. That is the SWAT chief, not the chief chief. Oh, SWAT chief. Is that the doctor? Yeah. Uh, yeah. California. The doctor, California. <laughs> they love this. Okay. Um, they all run in. We hear being... We hear clear being repeated all throughout this very desolate and rancid looking apartment hanging from the ceiling is several Christmas tree car fresheners before they come upon a side room. The chief California draws his gun saying, good morning, sweetheart. Get up now, motherfucker. Screaming now, Mills and Somerset are slowly making their way through the room. I have a note about the trees. Go ahead. So to use a po- product like that, like a um, name brand okay. type of thing, mm-hmm. these are the Little Tree Air Fresheners. Okay. Pine Scent, I believe. Mm-hmm. You have to get approval from the company. And they said that they asked the Little Trees company and they wholeheartedly agreed and sent them samples. And then they discussed how many are they going to use. And Fincher said to use all of them. And it was 2000 Holy fuck. Yeah. I was like, I wanted to know that. And they said it in the commentary. Did you I talk am, to them? 
or no. I did I emailed the little trees company. <laughs> they didn't I said <laughs> they did not respond. Does anybody remember y'all giving the movie seven permission to because <laughs> I wanted trees? to know if like they they had to know they were using it for a movie, but I wonder if they knew the exact scene, you know, we're gonna use two thousand trees to cover up a Dead Could you imagine guy? how strong that really smelled? Oh, God. Because you know the dead guy didn't smell like dead guy. So it was a strong I smell, imagine. too. Those little air fresheners. It just took over the whole apartment. Maybe they're only supposed to open them so much yeah. whenever, whenever they were you first all used the them. way open. Crystal's the one that had to teach me that. <laughs> well, they have like the scissor marks on them where you're supposed to cut. Yeah. And then pull it down gradually. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to just pull the whole thing out. I don't want to see that wrapper. Keep talking about scissoring. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> Lesbians don't do that. <laughs> Scissor me timbers. The SWAT team's now approaching a sheet-covered person lying in bed. The chief says, get up, you sack of shit, before a SWAT me- member pulls back the sheet, revealing a skeletal-looking human. Everyone in the room is coughing, and all the chief can say is, oh, fuck me, and then screams, dicks, you'll want to come take a look at this. Dicks! Mills and Somerset enter the room with Mills covering his nose and Somerset asking, Victor? Mills responds, what the hell? Yeah, it's just Victor. Somerset tells them to call an ambulance. SWAT just wants to know what the fuck is this. Another says a hearse would be more like it. Also forensics. And still another asks, what's going on here? Mills tells California to get his people out of there with more urgency. He exclaims, go on now, go. Because now it looks like it's a crime scene, right? And reminds them no one touches anything. The chief of SWAT, still in shock, says it's some kind of frickin' wax sculpture or something. It's obvious he's really struggling, wrapping his brain around this one. Written on the wall in poo? question mark oh i did not catch is that. the word sloth mills approaches a box next to the bed and pulls out pictures that look like the victim's last moments somerset notices the pictures were dated three days ago upon closer inspection we can see the skeletal victim is covered in sores strapped to the bed and hooked up to an iv drip Somerset then discovers the first photo of the victim was healthier-looking Victor, dated exactly one year ago to the date. Mill says he's got a hair sample, a stool sample, he's got piss, he's got fingernails, and he's going through some jars next to the bed and says he's laughing at us. The chief is leaning over the body, telling him that he got what he deserved, the chief being California. Okay, I was trying to remember who was doing that. Victor comes to life coughing and everyone freaks jumping back. And the first time you see that movie, if you don't know, it scares the shit out of you. Yeah. I read that they actually did not tell anyone. Yeah. And so all their reactions were real. Like they really thought they thought it was just like a either someone playing I guess they would have had to know it was someone playing dead. Makeup for the sloth victim took over fourteen hours. Yeah. Yeah. I had producers only had two criteria for the um, sloth, the ability to lay down for long periods of time and a very slight frame. At 98 pounds, actor Michael Reed McKay fit the profile. He said they asked me if I can lose even more weight. He did not. He did wear bigger teeth 
to make his face look a bit more skeletal. He did lose. He's. I think the director I think like said eight pounds at some point. He said it got you, down to ninety. Yeah, he said you could lose like six more pounds, and then whenever filming started, he actually did lose that six pounds. Yeah. Um, it said that they would um, bring him in on a stretcher, and they only had two hours to work with him because his makeup would dissolve because it was yeah, basically dude. just gelatin. Right? Like 14 hours of that bullshit and then they got to like carry you in. And like Pitt was talking about how or no, maybe it was Fincher was saying how these were like the worst scenes to film. Yeah. And they like felt really bad for mm-hmm. him. And um, I'm sure it's hard to look at him and like tell yourself it's just a movie like <laughs> it said that he played the monopoly man in the ace ventura sequel i don't know that one but I okay haven't, i haven't seen it but that's what he did <laughs> okay um let's see where i stopped off he wakes up somerset starts to scream um everyone else is screaming he's alive he's alive Somerset starts screaming, guns down, and then down the hallway, emergency on that ambulance. Emergency personnel arrive, and Mills and Somerset are in the building discussing how the killer's playing games. Somerset tells Mills they have to divorce themselves from emotion here. No matter how hard it is, we have to remain focused. Mills starts pacing, telling Somerset, I feed off my emotions. How's that? And Somerset can only respond with, are you listening to me? Just then, a flash goes off, and they look down to see a man taking photos. Mills holds up his hand, telling the man, close crime scene, get the fuck out of here. The man says he has a right to be there. He's a UPI photographer. And Mills goes to assaulting this man until he scurries down the stairs They share a few fuck yous up and down the stairs, and Mills wants to know how they get there so fast. Somerset tells him they pay police for information, and they pay well. At this point, I was like, have have you been paid, sir? Yeah, that's... (laughs) Uh, like Somerset, did you, did you call a photographer? Yeah, <laughs> and did we ever talk about who that photographer is? Eventually, we get there. Mills starts apologizing, saying how they piss him off, and Somerset says it's okay. It's impressive to see a man feeding off his emotions, <laughs> and walks off. I thought that was kind of funny. He's probably not really impressed. No, no, he was just like. Mm. <laughs> Now at the hospital, we see Victor's laying in a bed under plastic sheeting around him. Uh, Doctors telling them how a year of immobility seems about right, judging by the deterioration of the muscles and the spine. Blood tests show a whole smorgasbord of drugs in his system, even an antibiotic that must have been administered to keep the bed sores from infecting. Mills wants to know if he's 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 tried tried to communicate. The doctor informs him, even if his brain were not mush, which it is, he chewed off his own tongue long ago. The doctor closes the chart and starts to walk away. Then they follow. Somerset wants to know, is there absolutely no chance that he might survive? Could you imagine chewing off your own tongue like being so hungry? Like, ugh. The doctor stops telling him, Detective, he'd die of shock right now if you were to shine a flashlight in his eyes. He's experienced more pain and suffering than anyone I've encountered, give or take, and he still has hell to look forward to. 
I guess the doctor got the backstory on this man. He probably was a, well, I'd <laughs> say he's uh, famous, like they'd know about him for being such a bad criminal, but um, it's New yeah. York, so. Um, There's so many. They make it sound so bad, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Somerset's now at home, and he gets a call from Tracy. She says everything is fine. David's just in the other room taking a shower. She says she's sorry to call like this. Somerset assures her it's okay, and he asks what he can do for her. She says she just needs someone to talk to and wonders if he can meet her somewhere tomorrow morning. William doesn't understand. She goes on to tell him that she feels stupid for calling, but he's the only person she knows there. There's no one else. How sad. Very sad. Could you imagine getting that phone call? No. From someone you don't even know and they're like, right. You're can the we meet? only one I know. Can we meet in the morning? I need to talk to you. I would not sleep. No. I don't even want to answer the I'd phone. I'd be like, just, I'm coming over right now. Just fucking tell yeah, me. Tell me now <laughs> what's going to happen. Yes. I am not going to make this breakfast. I will tell you right now I'm going to have an exactly. excuse. Yes. Okay. It's now Friday morning. Tracy and William are having breakfast in a cafe. She's finding it hard living in the city. She doesn't want to be a burden and thinks she will just get used to things. She just wanted to talk to someone that's lived here a long time. Living upstate is apparently a completely different environment. She goes on to say she teaches fifth grade. Well, she did. In this scene at the diner, that's the same diner that they, and the same booth in the movie Training Day. Oh. With uh, Denzel Washington and Ethan Hawke. Same booth. They tagged it? Mm, I guess. I got you. They must have wrote their names <laughs> on it. <laughs> She's been going around looking at schools, but the conditions there are horrible. William asks if she's tried private schools, then ask her to tell him what's really bothering her. She looks up so sadly and states, David and I are going to have a baby. William looks out of his element, telling her he doesn't think he's the one to talk to about this. And all she can say is, I hate this city. Who could blame her? Same. William looks like he's at a loss of words before telling her how he had a relationship once, much like a marriage. We got pregnant a long time ago. He got up one morning to go to work like any other day, except it was the first day after he knew about the pregnancy. He felt this fear for the first time, wondering, how can I bring a child into a world like this? And I felt that after 9-11 when I was pregnant. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. How can a person grow up with all this around them? He pauses, then continues. I told her I didn't want to have it, and over the next few weeks, I wore her down. With sadness in her eyes, Tracy, Tracy tells him, I want to have children. William goes on to tell her, I'm positive that I made the right decision, but there's not a day that passes that I don't wish I had made a different choice. If you decide to keep the baby, or if you decide not to keep the baby, don't ever tell him you were pregnant. But if you chose to have this baby, you spoil that kid every chance you get. At this point, I feel like he would make a great uncle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tracy's crying when he tells her that that's all the advice he can give her. It's at this time his pager goes off and he's got to go. Before he leaves, though, Tracy tells him, thank you. I feel like if I was Tracy, I would have put my foot down and made us move. Because his job, 
why he just wants to move to a horrible place. He can solve crime anywhere. Well, he may be looking at it as a um, learning experience slash moving up in his career, maybe. You get more chances in homicide in New York City. Yeah, they've got a lot of chances. (laughs) In the station on a chalkboard, they have all the deadly sins written with gluttony, greed, and sloth crossed out. Somerset's telling Mills and um, Victor's landlord said there was an envelope of cash in the office mailbox the first of every month. Quote, I never heard a single complaint from the tenant in apartment 306. Nobody ever complained about him. He's the best tenant I've ever had. End quote. Isn't that scary to think about? Yes. Someone just pays your rent. Yeah. So this whole time I've been quiet. I've been trying to figure out what sloth was written in. And I really feel it's like poo. I don't think it is. I think it's his. You blood. looked at the picture. It was brown. I he's, mean, it could have been blood. He's almost dead. But they did collect his stuff. Oh, I want to mm. say he had red poo. But okay, that's such a good question. <laughs> I I was like I've been quiet this whole time trying to Google what it was written in, and I can't figure it out. You know what? I spent a lot Surely of time Googling. Surely they real poo. I think. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, like, what it's supposed to be I in the I think it movie. comes up later. Well, because they tell you, I was wondering about the gluttony one. I'm like, what is that written in? And then later on, they do say that it's grease. Yeah. Because I couldn't tell. So that's grease. And yeah. then blood, and then. The greed one is blood. The pride one i don't remember i think a lot of them are blood yeah i just didn't i didn't know that's a good question it's been bothering me i think it would have been better if greed would have been written in spaghetti sauce (laughs) gluttony you mean gluttony gluttony, yes okay greed should have been written in money i think grease is good because it yeah it represents fat pride should have been written in pills yeah crushed up pills or syringes of (laughs) botox or like tiny pictures of her yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I'm secretly a serial killer. Got you. <laughs> Mills is now spinning in his chair when he says, yeah, a landlord's dream, a paralyzed tenant with no tongue. Mills is sick of all this waiting and Somerset reminds him this is the job. Mills wants to know why they aren't out there. Why do we got to sit here rotting, waiting until the lunatic does it again? Somerset tells him it's dismissive to call him a lunatic. Don't make that mistake. Mills wants to argue he's insane. Right now, he's probably dancing around in his grandma's panties and rubbing himself in peanut butter. I love all his images of (laughs) a crazy person. Um, Somerset doesn't think so. Mills thinks his luck will run out, and Somerset says he's not depending on luck. We walked into that apartment exactly one year after he tied Victor to that bed, one year to the day he wanted us to. Mills thinks they don't know that for sure, but Somerset thinks they do. He explains the note he left, his first words to us, long is the way and hard. That out of hell leads up to light. Mills says, fuck him, so what? Somerset leans on his desk, arms crossed, saying, imagine the will it takes to keep a man bound for a full year. That is so scary. I mean, I think you just hook him up and check on him once a week. (laughs) Take a photo. Take a lot of photos. (laughs) You're right. To sever his hand and use it to plant fingerprints, to insert tubes into his genitals, this guy is methodical, exacting, and worst of all, patient. 
Mills simply responds he's a nutbag, and just because the fucker has a library card doesn't make him Yoda. Somerset only looks at him before asking how much money you got. Um, he has um, a proposing a field trip, then grabs his hat and coat, and they rush out of the room. He says they need to make a list, listing purgatory at the top, Canterbury Tales, and anything related to the seven deadly sins. He says to Mills, ask yourself, what would he study to do the things he's done? Yeah, when he says the thing about the library cards and he asks him about how much money he has, I'm like... I thought they were going to make a thousand copies. Yes! I was like, <laughs> they must be making $50 worth of copies. <laughs> They're copying whole books. That's exactly what I thought. What are his interests now? Jack the Ripper, for instance. They're headed to Somerset's favorite place, the library. Now, back in a cafe, Somerset's telling Mills they must have had 50 health violations during their last inspection talking about this disgusting cafe mills is only concerned about his partner sitting across from him so people don't think they're dating i loved that part and it made me laugh <laughs> could you sit on the other side right somerset's folding some copies made at the library and he asked mills for his money mills pulls out his money saying i think i don't know what the fuck we're doing some guy comes up to the table telling somerset hey how you doing didn't think this was going to be menage a trois, and Somerset tells him it's not going to be a problem, and to sit down. The guy says it's a big risk for Somerset to do something like this. He figures they are fair and square, and Somerset assures him it's a deal. He makes the pass of info and money to this man under the table, and the man tells him about an hour before grabbing food off the plate and bailing. And this really pissed off Mills. It's this greasy, stinky guy. Right. Now it looks like they're waiting in a barber shop, and Mills looks annoyed before Somerset tells him that the guy from the pizza parlor is a friend from the bureau. Mills doesn't believe him, inquiring who stinky man. Somerset continues with, for years, the FBI's been hooked into the library system, keeping records, monitor reading habits, Certain books are flagged, books on nuclear weapons, and Mein Kampf. Anyone who checks out a flagged book has their library records fed into the FBI's computers from then on to access risk. I don't know if this is true, but I totally fucking believed it back then. So, um, in 2001, the Patriot Act gave the government the ability to monitor library records, something which at one point, halfway through the film, is stated to not be necessarily legal, but after the movie, it was legal. Wow. And I'm like, I wonder if they do that with, like, you know, they still have ebooks. I would library. still rather them monitor and not ban. Like, ban the books? Yeah, like, don't yeah. ban the books. Just oh, yeah, monitor them, and if you see some shady shit yeah you know maybe oh just yeah i don't think you should it. ban inquire books. but never you don't think they books. should monitor no. i don't think that judging people's reading materials is going to bring you to a crazy person i mean if you not every time if you looked at my reading materials you would assume <laughs> that i'm a fucking <laughs> or what people google like, yeah I, google, I mean i google crazy stuff i google same i want to know everything anything we talk same. about i'm same. like let me google that well that's yeah. why I like, think that's why I love this podcast is because it all kind of has our brains 
in very it to where like as we're going through the movie our brains just like i fucking googled off on I google pederast like. i did too i was like <laughs> what the fuck is a pederast what is it uh you'll find a pet. out yeah. okay but so in the barbershop scene on the director commentary they talked about how in the background there's a guy getting shaved and the person doing that's the why shaving. i was like is this an is this a barbershop like how they end up here I guess he just yeah. said, meet me at the That's what shop. made me realize that was because somebody was getting their head shaved in the back. Continue. Oh, yeah. You yeah. didn't know where it was. No. So the guy doing the shaving, the extra, was extremely drunk, they oh. said. And they just how, picked up a drunk guy off the street to I shave guess. a head? I'm like, why didn't you find a him real barber? Being drunk? It's New York. <laughs> find a real barber. <laughs> but they couldn't find a fake straight razor, and he was using a real straight razor. And the person getting shaved, the other actor was like, I'm going to need to be paid for hazard pay, hazard, no um, shit, stunt pay is yeah. what he said. Fuck like, yeah. And if you watch, you can see the guy like dropping towels and stuff. I oh, thought that was damn. really funny. Lord. <laughs> Mills doesn't think this is legal. And Somerset goes on to explain legal, illegal. It's just a useful guide. You can't use it directly. You can't get a library card without an ID and a current phone bill. I don't think it works like that anymore, but um, I think they're just... They made me do an ID. with an ID. An ID, but I yeah. didn't have to have a no. phone bill. Um, Mill's starting to understand, um, and they run a list. Somerset goes on to say, if you want to know who's reading Purgatory, Paradise Lost, and Helter Skelter, the FBI's computers will tell us. Helter Skelter is on my list of books to read. Of course it is. Is it that written by him or about him? Uh, about him, I believe. Okay. It could get us a name, and Mill's still skeptical. Says um, it could give us the name of some college student, Rick writing a term paper on 20th century crime the cream of some young guy yeah <laughs> somerset sits back saying at least you're out of the office just then the guy walks in with an orange envelope and hands it to somerset while mills just waves hello i think he even insisted he get a haircut at that point but <laughs> i wouldn't have not there with the no. drunk guy they're back in their car reading over a list of books, including some on murder and bondage, when they came across the writings of St. Thomas Aquinas. A- Aquinas? Aquinas? Sure. sure. A penis. <laughs> a queefer. Somerset <laughs> perks up, saying, there it is. He wrote about the seven deadly sins, and they decide to check out Jonathan Doe. They are now uh, walking upstairs, approaching Jonathan Doe's apartment, um somerset says they're just gonna talk to him and tells mills he wants him to do the talking with that silver tongue of his i'm sure he means with all the fucks and oomphs <laughs> oh yeah he's really good with the words yeah uh jokingly wants to know if somerset has been talking to his wife and i'm like awkward <laughs> They start knocking on the door at the same time. This man in a black coat and hat is approaching with an armload of groceries and stops in the hallway. Somerset sees him calling Mills to look. He looks over and this unknown man proceeds to walk towards them before dropping his groceries and immediately opening fire at them right there in the hallway. They dive to the ground. There's people screaming and... 
Mills draws his weapon before getting up to chase the suspect down the hall and stairs. He asks Somerset if he's all right. The man starts shooting at Mills from the stairwell, and Somerset stops in his tracks before Mills proceeds. It's just like, I'm not really going to do this. But it's almost like he wanted to tell him to stop because of the baby. Like, he looks scared for him, I think. That's right. Like, he just had a shocked look, like, don't go. I think on a rewatch, I would watch for those things. Yeah. Okay, so down the stairs, screaming back, fifth floor... There's random people opening their doors. Somerset asks for a back way out while Meal starts hollering for people to get out of the fucking hall, please. He did say please. He did. So I read some stuff about these scenes, how um, Fincher really wasn't excited to shoot the chase scene. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of money and there wasn't a lot of time. But then Pitt came in and was like, I'm not going to go in heroic like Bruce Willis. I'm going to go in like i'm fucking scared like a real person like someone is about to shoot you so they said that um they really related it to like the french connection and like films in the 70s and to me the killer's outfit really was out of place like it's so silly looking with like his fedora coat and everything yeah it's scary it did but it's like really cool how they did look like cartoon version of the bad guy yes a cartoon of the bad that's exactly it and that's what um, he made me think of i thought that was really cool how they took and that's like such an important scene in the movie i think i think so okay they um He hears a woman scream, takes off down another hallway with his gun drawn. There's a lot of commotion down the hall. A woman screams, takes off running across the hall. Mills approaches the apartment she ran from and finds a man clad in black. I thought it was the bad guy, but it wasn't. Oh, that one wasn't. Um, Standing in a bedroom, he runs in, telling everyone to get down, comes across a back room where these kids are just in bed watching cartoons. So a stranger runs in and the kids just (laughs) are like... Yeah. They just sit there and keep yeah. watching TV. Scared. It's New York. <laughs> One points to an open bathroom, like he just knows why this other man's there, um, with an opened window. And as soon as he tries to pop his head out to get a look, he's shot at several times from below. He ducks before looking out to return fire, but John Doe's already running away. Random people are looking at this guy from their windows. Like, everyone's hanging Not their heads mention, out. He can't I think shoot. people were, like, throwing shit at him. Like, mm-hmm. I heard glass breaking and stuff. I he don't really know what anyway. was happening. There's people everywhere. Yeah, fucking everywhere. John Doe proceeds through another window, finding his way back into the building, where he sees Mills running in the stairwell before running outside in the rain in pursuit. He stops to look through a window where he sees John Doe jumping a railing inside so now he breaks the window to continue chasing this guy. They're just jumping in and out of this building. It's a lot happening. Yeah. So during the rain chase between... Don't Mills, you say it. I have that note too. <laughs> We're going to fight over this it. This is my note. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I fucking started saying Oh, you know what first. happened is Brad Pitt fell into a windshield and severed his tendon. <laughs> and they had to work the injury into the movie. <laughs> He looks down from above, and we see the suspect running across this large room, but now he's limping and holding his leg. You monster. Mills starts running down 
more <laughs> stairs before drawing his weapon over the stair railing. He looks down, seeing several people walking around all in black. So he cusses, taking off running again, and now we see Somerset finally, who's still making his way down the back way. Mills catches a glimpse of the suspect turning a corner at the end of the hallway. He makes his way to another window, looking outside and finds the suspect flying down the fire escape into oncoming traffic. He got down that fire escape <clears throat> so fast. He was Juba sliding. What are you listen, two fucking doing? Listen. <laughs> Linda. The injury was worked into the screenplay, but earlier scenes had to be shot after that He would as keep well. a one hand in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he would have asked for this chase scene had he known. David Finchie oh, was going to fucking hurt himself. Remembers Pitt showing him the wound after the accident and how he could see the see white the bone. bone. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let me just tell you guys, Brad Pitt's arm cast was a real one. When Mills is chasing the killer through the rain. You're literally going to say everything we already said? Yes, because y'all's shit was fucked. No, it wasn't. Pitt is... Ours was sloppy. <laughs> She's Pitt getting slipped, the sloppy drove seconds. his arm through a windshield and severed a tendon, and the wound was so deep it went down to the bone. His cast was written into the script. He had to carefully conceal his arm for scenes that had to be shot that took place before the chase. In you can cut that out. Y'all didn't catch all that. You can cut that part out. I'm going to cut you out. I wish you would. My <laughs> biggest thing is it wouldn't have been the injury so much as having to lay in that filthy water. Oh, disgusting. When There's in no the fucking alley. way. No. Mills is trying to make his way down his own fire escape, and John Doe is causing several cars to crash into each other, and another loses control, now driving on the sidewalk, taking out an awning and outdoor seating area. They're creating chaos at this point. Mills makes his way to the bottom of the fire escape before falling into a very large pile of trash, bouncing off and carrying on his chase, jumping from the tops of cars across the road, all in the rain. At this time, Somerset finally makes it out of the building at ground level and stops to look around before taking off running himself. I put that so earlier Somerset says he's drawn his gun three times mm -hmm. in his career and now he's already done it two times in one day. Yeah. In addition to his well, three times. Yeah. The first time that Morgan Freeman pulls his gun, he has his finger on the trigger. And oh, they I had, should use that. They had the police. Uh, they had to have a little talk about that. <laughs> hey, we don't do it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Even with a fake gun. Mills is now running down an alley yelling for everyone to get out of the fucking way. When he turns the corner in this alley, all you see are fleeing vagrants and an old rusty-ass truck. He takes cover, looking in the truck before slowly carrying on past it when someone tries to hit him from above. I think he actually hits him. It didn't oh, yeah, he hits him with like a crowbar, yeah, right? Yeah. It didn't look at the time like he hit him, but... He falls, dropping his weapon. The suspect slowly climbs down and approaches Mills, who looks injured. He sits up, and John Doe holds his gun to Mills' head. You can tell Mills thinks this is the end when Somerset comes running down the alley, calling his name. All Mills can say in this situation is no, and the killer chooses to let him live and takes off running away. Mills starts rolling around on the ground in pain in the rain as Somerset approaches. He helps him up, and Mills says through a bloody face that he's all right. 
They go back to the suspect's apartment. Mills says he's going in, and Somerset holds him back, asking him to wait. Mills says, wait, what are you talking about? He fucking shot at us. Somerset tells him he can't go in there. They need a warrant. Mills says they have a probable cause. Somerset is more worried about the ramifications of how they got there. He obviously can't tell anybody. Mills is telling him to get out of the way. Somerset has to grab Mills by his jacket collar, shoving him against the wall. And I'm like, shit's about to get real. Yeah, he's intent. Um, He doesn't want to fuck it up. He just keeps repeating, listen to me. Mills is irate, shoving him off, telling Somerset to get the fuck off me. And immediately Somerset throws his hands in the air saying, all right, all right, all right. I'm sorry. But... Would you just pay attention a minute? If we leave a hole like this, we won't be able to prosecute. The fucking guy will walk. Now, is that what you want? Mills is not having it, saying by the time we clear the warrants, someone else? No, fuck that. Implying someone else will die. Somerset hollers back. We need a reason to knock on this door. Think about it. And Mills throws his hands in the air, this time saying, okay, man, okay, you're right. I'm all fucked up. You're right. You're right. Just before he kicks the apartment door right open and says, well, no point in arguing anymore. And you're pretty happy about it. You're like, I want to know what's in this fucking apartment. And he's like, unless you can fix that, pointing to the busted doorway. All Somerset can do is stand there before he tells Mills he's a stupid son of a. That's all he says. He walks off down the hallway before Mills asks how much money we got left. I want to know. Yeah. Mills is hanging out in the alley now with what looks like a beat cop who's taking a statement from a woman who's telling him she noticed a man coming in and out a lot before she called Detective Somerset. And you can tell Mills is helping her remember. And she, she looks very um, vagrant-like. Vagrant. Yeah. Homeless. Yes. Fucked up, this maybe. definitely a needy woman. Yes. She says she called detective because this man was looking creepy and shit and that one of the murders happened right there in the back of the alley. The beat cop says he's got everything and Mills rushes this woman to sign her statement and Somerset's watching all of this go down from the sidewalk. He's like, I'm not getting involved. Somerset discovers a notebook full of handwritten notes by the killer. Blah, blah, blah. Mills looks down into the bathroom bathtub in this room. So I guess it was really a bathroom. And immediately starts screaming for Somerset. Mills is kneeling next to the tub when Somerset enters. Mills says we had him as he looks at the floor in a defeated way. Somerset asks, what are you talking about? And Mills says, the fucking photographer on the fucking stairs. It's at this time we see photos of the two detectives uh, laying in the tub, reacting to the photographer with uh, Mills having his hand up and shit. Mills said, we had him and we let him go. And Somerset is stuck, just standing and staring. I want to know, do you think John Doe is a toilet paper person? What do you mean? You think he uses toilet paper? Why? <laughs> I'm Tom Cruise in it here. <laughs> if you think about it, he his fingers are always wounded. Like how much poo particles are you getting in there? Maybe he has a bidet. I felt like well, it this will heals. come up later. I like bidets. I don't know. Do you have one? No, I wanted no. to get one. I looked on Amazon to get one whenever COVID happened. 
and you couldn't get one. <laughs> but now they're like forty bucks, and oh, people that's not bad. People rave about them. I just they're like you the, would never go back. To I just go back paper. to like the little hand sprayer I had attached when For I was doing diapers. <laughs> you don't have it now. No, that was a different house. Down on the street, cops are everywhere. A woman approaches Mills with a sketch of a man saying, you sure this is him? Mills takes a quick look saying, yep, good, good, yep. His verbiage is so simple in this movie. Mills. Just a bunch of fucks and yeps. He's 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 simple. <laughs> the woman's telling him, all right, you know, we've got nothing to go on here. No pay stubs, no appointment books, no addresses. I think all they had was that receipt for the leather company. Under his bed, they found a cigar box of old hundreds, claiming it as his only source of funds. Mills is excited. They have his money until he's told they haven't found a single fingerprint. And now we know. He tells her he doesn't believe her and to keep looking. Somerset is seated in a chair reading through a stack of composition notebooks. He tells Mills he could use more men here. And Mills asks him, what are you getting with all of this? Somerset informs him there are 2,000 notebooks on these shelves. And each notebook contains about 250 pages. Mills says, forget it. Anything about the killings? Somerset proceeds to read a page, exclaiming, What sick, ridiculous puppets we are. What a gross little stage we dance on. What fun we have dancing and fucking. Not a care in the world, not knowing that we are nothing. We are not what Juan intended. Somerset stops to say, now wait, there's a lot more. He proceeds to read, on the subway today, a man came up to me to start a conversation. He made small talk, a lonely man, talking about the weather and other things. I tried to be pleasant and accommodating, but my head began to hurt from his banality. I had to look that one up. Banal? Is it yeah, boring? it's the quality of being boring, ordinary, and not original. I almost didn't notice it had happened, but I suddenly threw up all over him. He was not pleased, and I couldn't stop laughing. This is when you realize how truly fucked this man is. Yes. These are his journals. He yes. took all the time to write these down. Yes. Somerset ends up saying, no dates placed on the shelves in no discernible order, and just as mine poured out on this paper. An avid scrapbooker. Yes. Mills looks around, saying this looks like his life's work, and Somerset sits up telling him if we had 50 men reading in 24-hour shifts, it would still take two months. Mills repeats he knows Frustratingly, a few times, it's at this time they start to hear a phone ringing in the apartment. Everyone stops what they're doing and start glancing around. Mills takes off into a sprint, running from, the, from room to room, screaming, phone. He shouts for everyone to be quiet. He takes off running again, sliding on his knees to follow this phone cord. For those of you that didn't know, our phone lines used to be plugged into the wall into an <laughs> adapter. I read that originally <laughs> they had the phone right there. Like this wasn't even going to happen. Yeah. They and just then, moved it. 
Well, like Pitt thought about it and he was like, this guy is not going to have a lot of friends or get a lot of phone calls. So he doesn't care about his phone. Yeah. So his phone is just wherever. Well, that was before a lot of people were calling with bullshit. That too. He would have had to have 50 journals just There weren't like telemarketers as bad back then trying to sell you insurance on your car that you don't need. (laughs) Mills is now throwing clothing around on the floor, looking for this phone when he finds it, using an article of clothing to answer it, saying, hello. John Doe tells him, I admire you. Mills motions to Somerset, who comes in closer before John Doe continues on the phone. I don't know how you found me, but imagine my surprise. I respect you law enforcement agents more every day. I can hear dogs barking in the background. I don't know if y'all heard oh, that no, shit. Oh, no, I didn't. I did. I don't know if it was on the phone or if it was at the apartment, but I did hear dogs, which kind of made me wonder whose house he was oh. at. <clears throat> I think this was before caller ID, maybe. I don't know. Well, it would make sense if they got the movie kind of mixed up because later on he does have another scene with Tracy. Mm-hmm. But that's um, very interesting. Yeah. Mills responds, well, I appreciate that, John. John cuts him off, informing him that he will be readjusting his schedule in light of today's setbacks and saying, I just had to call and express my admiration. Sorry I had to hurt one of you, but I didn't really have a choice, did I? You will accept my apology, won't you? I feel like saying more, but I don't want to ruin the surprise. And then he just hangs up. Mills looks up at Somerset to make sure he got the recording of the phone call on his little handheld recorder. And before hanging up, Somerset says he got it and orders everybody back to work. So I have that this is happening on Saturday. Is it really? Yeah. So he says that he has to readjust his schedule. Mm -hmm. He should be ending on Sunday. Yeah. If it was planned. I I don't remember what day it was when the movie ends, but I was trying to follow the schedule when he said he had to readjust it. Like I said, I didn't even notice days until Thursday. Yeah. Now they're looking over all of this plastic wrap stuff from forensics when Mill tells Somerset he was right. He's preaching. Somerset says, yeah, these murders are his sermons to us. And Mills points out all the men they know in these photos, but wants to know who the blonde is. Somerset said she looks like a pro. And I'd have to agree. Mills says maybe she caught John Doe's eye. She definitely did if he's taking pictures of her. Yes. Now they're at Wild Bill's Leather. All right, we arrive at Wild Bill's Leather. Shop owner says John Doe picked up the piece he made for him last night. He thought he was a performance artist. Somerset gets a page as they hear sirens pass by. They say they found the blonde. Also, I have a note. When Mills and Somerset go to Wild Bill's Leather store looking for information about John Doe, the clerk says that Doe had a limp. Behind them, outside the store, a man limping is shown walking, watching the detectives. Oh. He did have a limp when they were chasing him. He got shot in the leg, I, I thought, believe. Yeah, I thought yeah. he got hurt in the chase scene. So the limp makes sense. All right, so the detectives arrive at what looks to be a sex club and enter a room downstairs where the victim is. There's a man sweating, covered in a towel, screaming, get this thing off of me. Mill screams at the uniform cops to get him out of there now. 
Back at the station now, Mills is interviewing the window attendant from the club. He said he didn't see anything strange. That's Michael Massey. Yeah. You know who that is? No, but he gives off a creepy vibe always. He was in The Crow. Ah. He was a fun boy. He was actually the person who shot Brandon Lee Yeah, in the movie like that caused his death. That's a name? Yeah. Fun boy? In, in the movie, that oh. was his name. I got you. Did you ever see The Crow? I did. <laughs> I did. I loved it. And it. I was saddened. And Are I've, they? With, um, I've kind of hated all the remakes since. With yeah, the remakes aren't very good. With Bill Skarsgård. Really? The dude who played Pennywise. I didn't oh. know that. But He's he never got really. such a bizarre mouth. And eyes. Eyes. Yeah. Yes. But um, he, I watched a little bit of The Big Lebowski yesterday, and he looks to like Steve Buscemi to me <laughs> with his eyes. But. Michael Massey, like, never really got over causing that death. He said he'd have, like, nightmares about it and stuff. Yeah, I would, too, probably. It's really sad. All right, Somerset is interviewing the man that was freaking out at the scene. John Doe asked him if he was married, and he had a gun in his hand. The girl was sitting on the bed. He finally got to see the piece that was made at the leather shop. It looks to be a knife, a, a strap-on knife, pretty much. It looks like I'm it sorry. fits it's over Like his... a penis knife? Yeah. It looks I like it, there's a knife sticking out of, of a penis. What looks like would hold his penis. It also kind of looks like an art piece. Yeah. Like they said that they took the biggest hunting knife that they could find and they modeled the rest af of it after Jean-Paul Gaultier stuff. And it has one of the... That little thing... That, like, when you pull the knife out, it gores you more. Oh, I didn't notice that. That's really scary. Mills asked the attendant if he likes what he does for a living, and the man says no. The traumatized man says John Doe had a gun, and he made him do it. He made him wear that thing. He made him fuck her. Those are his words. Oh, snap. I don't like it. So he this guy stayed up for a few days. And made himself hyperventilate. Tell us about him, Crystal. No, absolutely I'm not. sorry. What? To act this part out, he stayed up for Leland Orser. And he stayed up for a few days and made himself hyperventilate. And he was in the movie Taken 1 and 2. And As preparation for his traumatic scene in the interrogation room, <laughs> Leland Orser would breathe in and out rapidly so that his body would be overly saturated with oxygen, giving him the ability to hyperventilate. He also did not sleep for a few days in order to achieve his character's disoriented look. All right. Boom. Have you ever not slept for a few? Well, you've had a baby. You have. I haven't slept for 24 hours once, and it's, I thought I was going to lose my mind. I've, exactly. That is the most I've done. I and have lost my mind. I don't know how people do it. Mm -mm. Three days this week, I got five hours of sleep, and I was a nightmare. Yeah. I, I don't know myself. how people do it for years. Mm -mm. No. Never. All right. Next scene, the detectives are at a bar talking. Somerset says John Doe isn't the devil. He's just a man. Somerset tells Mills he wants to be a hero, a champion. He says people don't want a champion. Mills wants to know how Somerset got like this. He says it wasn't one thing. He doesn't think he can continue to live in a place that embraces and nurtures apathy as if it was a virtue. Mills says he doesn't agree with him. He can't. 
Mills go home, goes home and cuddles his wife. Somerset goes home and tosses in bed. Then he gets up and plays darts with his switchblade. And then... The, Get this man a dog. The thing says... Stat. Sunday. John Doe calls 911 and says he's gone and done it again. We arrive at the next crime scene. It's a woman in bed. She has a giant picture of herself at the headboard. And pride is written in blood above the picture on so the wall. So this is Sunday... He really didn't adjust his schedule. I said Sunday. <laughs> no, I'm saying if, if this is Sunday, he really didn't adjust his schedule. Well, oh, no, wait, he started. Maybe he adjusted it in a sense that he went after someone new. Maybe so, because he was supposed to end on Sunday, I believe. Mm-hmm. That's all. I was trying to follow the, the schedule. Schedule. She's trying to follow a killer's schedule. She has. <laughs> I am. The woman has sleeping pills glued in one hand and a telephone glued in the other. Actually glued? Yes. I didn't watch the end. So. Somerset says, call oh, for help. It's Sunday is the last day of the murders and Morgan Freeman's last day. Oh, His last that day is of true. retirement. So that it really true. like lines up. That's why I was trying to follow the schedule. 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 <laughs> Fun fact. I can't even say it like Somerset that. says, call for help and you'll live, but you'll be disfigured or you can put yourself out of your own misery. He cut off her nose to spite her face. Somerset has decided to stay on until this case is done. A taxi arrives and a man walks towards the precinct. The man's calling out for the detectives and they don't hear him because they're talking. He shouts out, detective! Everyone stops what they're doing and sees a man covered in blood. He says, you're looking for me. Very calm-like. Mills pulls his gun and tells him to get on the floor. They handcuff him and he requests to speak to his lawyer. I feel like he would have gotten caught sooner because of his little napkin fingers. (laughs) Don't you think you would have noticed that person at the grocery store? Running around looking like Michael Jackson. It might have been the thing at the time. Just cover your... They take his fingerprints and they're bloody because he cuts the skin off the tips of his fingers and that's why they couldn't find prints. Everything they have on him is a dead end. No credit history, no employment records. His bank account's only five years old and it was started with cash. They're trying to trace his furniture. All they know about him is he's independently wealthy, well-educated, and totally insane. Mills wants to know when they can question him and they don't. Because he's going to court right now. Yeah, he asked for his lawyer. Somerset says he's not finished. The lawyer says his client says there are two more bodies. Two more victims hidden away. He will take Mills and Somerset to the bodies, but only them. So part of the reason the killer was so shocking is because Spacey wasn't on any trailers or posters for the movie. So, like, you really had no idea he was going to be in it. He didn't even know he was going to be in it. Until two days prior. <laughs> That's true. I have a little bit on Spacey. That's what made it good, though. For real. It did. Like you like, never really saw him. You were really shocked. Because I want to say even when you see the photographer a little bit, like, it didn't look like him. No, I tried really hard because it said that you could see him and that he was wearing a wig. And like really, maybe that's why. Maybe really, it just didn't look at him at all. No, really. And the voice, too. Yeah. Like, at the very end of the scene, you could catch his face close up, but you have to be watching for it. I guess. Did y'all see his weird Christmas? He has a Christmas movie that he makes every year on Instagram. Why? It's weird. He's weird. You'd have to watch it. So, you'd have to Google him. We're not going to get too into it. But um, he was in Horrible Bosses 1 and 2, American Beauty, 
The Life of David Gale. He does some uh, pretty deep thought movies. He was also an Austin Powers gold member with Gwyneth Paltrow. She was Dixie Normus. The Life of David Gale is really good. <laughs> that is like a very deep thought movie. That's a yep. good one. Um, he was also in See No Evil, Hear No Evil with Richard Pryor and, um, oh my goodness, I Willy Wonka. I cannot think of his name. Oh, yeah. Gene uh, Hackman. So no. No. Shit. Oh, I feel like a turd. I don't even think it's Gene. Wilder. 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 I fucking knew it. Him. All right. I was right. Definitely was not Gene Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> I said Hackman. I said Simmons. <laughs> so his trademarks are his recognizable drawling voice. He often plays deceptively intelligent and ruthless men, cold-blooded and sadistic characters, and he has a distinctive clipped manner of speaking and deadpan delivery. I wonder yeah, I wonder why. He gives off creepy guy vibes. I wonder why. All right, so he's only going to take Detective Mills in Somerset and only at 6 o'clock today. Mills wants to know why them, and the lawyer says he admires them. Somerset says it's part of the game. Lawyer says if they don't accept the offer, the two bodies will never be found. Talbot says... How can you be a lawyer, like a human lawyer, and like repeat that shit? I saw a thing on Reddit and it talked about how lawyers can defend like really bad people. Oh, yeah. I think they have to. Um, what do they call that? Where you like split your brain to where you don't truly. I'm sure they do. But the part it. that I saw said that they make it. Compartmentalize. That's what I meant. The part that I saw said that they make it to where the they want to hold the police accountable to where they really cover themselves Dude, some of the stories they fucking come oh, up bad. with yeah. for these people, I'm just like, do you even hear yourself right now? But part of it is to make sure that they really do have to prove it so well, that yeah. they can't I mean, just convict innocent people. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I can't remember the wording that they use for it, but it really helped it to make sense how they could justify Well, yeah, because you it. still have to protect that person's rights regardless of yeah. what you think they did. I mean, that's ho that whole innocent until proven guilty yeah even though in our society as soon as you're arrested you're guilty oh yeah once that <laughs> mu mugshot pops mm -hmm. up talbot says he's inclined to let them rot lawyer says if they don't accept he will plead insanity across the board he says he can get him off with such a plea if they do accept he will sign a full confession and plead guilty right now they let mills decide since it's his case mills says full confession i'm in Lawyer says it has to be both of them. Somerset says if he dies, plead if he does plead insanity, that this conversation is admissible. The fact that he's blackmailing them with his plea. The lawyer reminds them two more are dead and the press would have a field day if they found out the police weren't concerned with finding them. Somerset says if there are two more dead. Talbot says blood was found from a, an unidentified third party. Somerset looks like he agrees since they're shaving their chests and they can tape so they can tape their mics. I didn't understand why they needed a wire. I mean, there was two people to elaborate on what he was going to say. I don't know. For later. I guess just to, you know, they're, they're all about like live, I guess. In yeah. case something crazy. They're happened. all about notating everything. So I have how he won the MTV Movie Awards. It was the 1996 from Wikipedia. Who's I got he? this. Brad Pitt. Oh. Gotcha. He won the Most Desirable Male for Seven. 
He was up against Antonio Banderas in Desperado, Mel Gibson in Braveheart, Val Kilmer in Batman Forever, and Keanu Reeves from A Walk in the Clouds. I think they chose correctly. I think so too. <laughs> and and he doesn't then even take he a is shirt a very off. attractive. He man. does not. Take he doesn't shirt need off. to. He just has a pretty face. He can and even put on ten pounds. I think and he still looks a little okay. bit like a lion. Hell, a little yeah, bit. I could see that. Um, Kevin Spacey won for best villain in seven. He was against Jim Carrey in Batman Forever, Joe Pesci in Casino, Tommy Lee Jones in Batman Forever, and John Travolta in Broken Arrow. Mm, I don't care for any of those. Do y'all want to know the performers for that year? Yeah. Music performers. Whitney Houston, Why Does It Hurt So Bad? Garbage, I'm Only Happy When It Rains. Good song. Robert Flack in the Fugees, Killing Me Softly. <laughs> and Adam Sandler with the song Mel Gibson. <laughs> I don't know that one. Lunch Lady Land. I know that one. This one is Mel Gibson. <laughs> I do not remember it. It's a song titled Mel Gibson. All it right. It just says Adam Sandler, quotation marks, Mel Gibson. I'm going to have to look that one up. And then whenever they were getting ready, um, it said that Brad Pitt's tie was already tied. That was something that they added in that Tracy ties his ties for him. I noticed um, that. For him. Oh, you did? Did y'all I already say it was already that, like, tied? He, he picked out all his own shitty ties. Because you're watching mm-hmm. him. Yeah. You're watching uh, Somerset tie his own tie, and then Mills just tightens his up. Yeah. Because Tracy made it for him. That's so sweet. Mills makes a joke about getting workman's comp if he shaves off a nipple. <laughs> Get it. And the de- detectives drive off with John Doe in tow, and a helicopter takes off as well. Somerset asks John who he is. So it doesn't matter who he is. Mills wants to know where they're heading. John says, you'll see. He says, wanting people to listen, you can't tap them on the shoulder anymore. You have to hit them with a sledgehammer. Mills asks him what makes him so special that people should listen. John says he's not special. He's never been exceptional. What he's doing is, though, his work. How do they not know where they're going? They don't. I guess he, he's directing he them, them yeah. as they drive. Like, what? take a left. He doesn't go tell straight, them where we're going. Continue oh, wow. to go straight. I got you. Go straight some more. Mm. Mill says he doesn't see anything special about it. John says that's not true. Mill says all this work. Two months from now, no one's gonna care. No one's gonna give a shit, and no one's gonna remember. John says he can't see the whole complete act yet. But when this is done, people will barely be able to comprehend, but they won't be able to deny. They continue driving, and John starts fidgeting in his seat, and Somerset wants to know what's so exciting. John says, it's not too far now. Mills is trying to figure something out. Ask John, when a person is insane, as you clearly are, do you know that you're insane? John says, it's more comfortable for you to label me insane. It's not something I would expect you to accept, but I did not choose. I was chosen. I'm getting so anxious during this car ride. Oh, yeah. Like, you know some bad shit's coming. Yeah. It's got to top the last one. Carry on. The last car ride? No, the last murder. Oh. (laughs) When you say carry on like that, it makes me want to hurt you because it's like you're giving me permission to speak. Go! So you don't want to carry on. Get it. Exactly. Somerset says... Carry on, Garth. (laughs) No? Say carry on. Say carry on one more time. (laughs) My wayward son. (laughs) I love some supernatural. Let's go. (laughs) That's where my brain went. (laughs) In the car, 
with a murderer. You guys done? Mm-hmm. Let's For go. Now. Somerset says, <laughs> I don't doubt that you believe that, John, but seems to me that you're overlooking a glaring contradiction. John asks, meaning what? Somerset explains, if you were chosen, that is, by higher power and your hand was forced, it seems strange to me that you'd get such enjoyment out of it. You enjoyed torturing those people. This doesn't seem in keeping with martyrdom, does it? John says, I doubt it. I enjoyed it any more than Mills would enjoy time alone with me in a room without windows. Fuck him up. Mills says, that hurts my feelings. <laughs> I would never. And John stops him and says, you wouldn't only because there's consequences. Nothing wrong with a man taking pleasure in his work. I won't deny my own personal desire to turn each sin against the sinner. All I thought you did was kill innocent people. John says, innocent? Is that supposed to be funny? An obese man, a disgusting man who could barely stand up. A man, if you saw him on the street, you'd point him out to your friends so that you, they could join you in mocking him. I don't point. That's rude. A man who, if you saw him while you were eating, you wouldn't be able to finish your meal. And after him, I picked the lawyer, and you both must have been secretly thanking me for that one. That one made me laugh. He dedicated his life to making money by lying with every breath that he could muster to keeping murderers and rapists on the street. Mills asks him murderers. John continues, a woman. Mills interrupts with murders like yourself. John says, a woman so ugly on the inside that she couldn't bear to go on living if she couldn't be beautiful on the outside. A drug dealer. A drug dealing pederast, actually. And let's not forget the disease spreading whore. Only in the world this shitty could you even try to say these pe these were innocent people and keep a straight face. By the way, he's supposed to be super intelligent and it bothers me that he uses the word shitty instead of something smarter. So in the commentary, they talked about how he seems so smart, but he's really not so smart. He's just highly organized. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really interesting to think about. Yeah, I'm here personally. I'm just like mind your own fucking business. Yeah. Like, live your life and mind your own fucking business. Yeah. That ties in. That hooker's not fucking hurting you. Yeah. But that's the point. We see a that's deadly it. sin on every street corner in every home, and we tolerate it. Well, not anymore. I'm setting the example. And what I've done is going to be puzzled over and studied and followed forever. Mill says, delusions of grandeur, which surprises me that he knows what that even means. <laughs> John says, you should be thanking me. And Mills asks why. John says, because you're going to be remembered after this. The only reason I'm here right now is that I wanted to be. Mills says, no, we would have gotten you eventually. John asks if he was biding his time, toying with him, allowing five innocent people to die until you felt like springing your trap. What was the indisputable evidence you're going to use on me right before I walked up to you and put my hands in the air? Right. I was like, what trap? Like he walked in. <laughs> Mills tells him to calm down. He seems to remember them knocking on his door. John says, oh, that's right. And I seem to remember breaking your face. Oh, snap. It's when he really makes Mills mad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can see like he's starting to get angry. John puts his face up to the barrier and says, you're only alive because I didn't kill you. And Mills tells him to sit back. John says he spared him and for him to remember that every time he looks in the mirror at that face of his for the rest of his life, or should he say for the rest of what life he's allowed him to have. And then Mills loses, a, loses his shit and yells at him and tells him to sit back and calls him a fucking freak. 
He says he's no messiah. He's a movie of the week. A t-shirt at best. A fucking t-shirt. Don said he doesn't pity these people any more than the people at Sodom and Gomorrah. And that the Lord works in mysterious ways. John says to head towards some high-tension towers. There's a trailer out in the middle of the area that looks like it's all boarded up and desolate. And they stop. Mills lets John out. Somerset says there's a dead dog. And John says, I didn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Like he would never. Yeah. Yeah. He asks what time it is. And Somerset asks him why. John says he'd like to know. It's 7.01. John says it's close. He starts to lead them into the field. A van starts coming down the road, and Somerset spots it. Mills tells John to get down. Somerset heads to the van, and he fires a warning shot in the air and then points his gun at the van. Could you imagine being that delivery driver? No. Like, what the fuck? What am I getting into (laughs) right now? That delivery driver. If you sent me out there in the middle of fucking nowhere, no. For $500. With no Google map, no. Mm Mm-mm. That was in Arquette. I can't remember. Maybe David Art. No, not nope. David Arquette. Um, I can't remember. I wrote it down. I can't remember which one it was. Crystal knows. I can't remember. No, I don't. Oh, you were looking at her like you I did. don't write that. I, I got you. Down. It was Richmond Arquette, the brother of three well-known Arquette actors. Is he the youngest? I don't know. Mm, I didn't get a good look. He's the pizza guy. I got you. That's what I know about him. The pizza guy. <laughs> I mean, the delivery guy. <laughs> I was like, we're getting pizza, too? There's probably pizza in there. So the van stops, and Somerset yells at the driver to get out. The guy says he's just delivering a package. It's for pizza. Detective David Mills. Somerset tells him to get it. He gets the package and says he was paid 500 bucks to bring it out there. He wanted it there at exactly 7 o'clock. $500 and 95 was a lot. It's like what a thousand dollars now? Probably dollars doubled a lot now. for me now. Yeah. Somerset tells him to put it down. The helicopter guy says to call the bomb squad. Somerset frisks the delivery man and sends him down the road on foot. Dude is like running. Somerset decides to open the box. We cut back to John and Mills, and John says he admires Mills. Somerset opens the top of the box and sees blood. John says Mills should be proud of his life. Mills tells him to shut the fuck up. Somerset opens the rest of the box and jumps back. He looks back at Mills. Somerset tells the helicopter to stay away. Whatever they hear, stay away. John Doe has the upper hand. And then Somerset runs back and he's screaming at Mills to throw his gun down. John says he wishes he could have lived like Mills. Says he's trying to tell him how much he admires him and his pretty wife, Tracy. Mills turns around and asks him, (laughs) what'd you fucking say? Right. John says it's disturbing how easily a member of the press can purchase information from the men in his precinct. He visited Mills' home this morning. He tried Mm -hmm. to play husband. He tried to taste the lice of a simple man. It didn't work out. What? Lice is lice. Never mind. Is that what I said? I think you meant life, but it sounded like lice. Well... Sometimes I tend to slur my words when I'm tired. And He's going to jail. There's bound to be notes. some lice. <laughs> so. I read that this footage, whenever they're up in the helicopter, is mostly body doubles. Because they filmed that last and they had to go back at the end. So they didn't have like the real actors. And hmm. all the scenes, whenever they're showing Spacey from the back, that's the body double. 
Cool. Vital information. Yeah. He said it didn't work out, so he took a souvenir. Her pretty head. <gasps> and that's when Somerset arrives, and he asks for Mills' gun again. Mills wants to know what was in the box. What's in the box? John says because he envies Mills' normal life, it seems envy is his sin. Somerset says John wants Mills to shoot him. Mills tells Somerset to tell him Tracy is all right. How much does he truly know about this man's life to be that envious? I mean, he had a little while to anything research. to do with him getting his job there or anything? Like, I don't understand. He was everyone's boff, so. Mm, I guess. He Maybe it did. was the killer's boff, too. John decided pretty <laughs> quick after he saw him in the photography and developed it in the bathtub. That, I guess. Uh, that was his next. Be him. Yeah. The I whole time you. Somerset is talking to Mills, John is saying, become vengeance, become wrath. And then John says she begged for her life and for the life of the baby inside her. Oh, That's the worst This part. is where my stomach clenches. Mm, Did you read about how much they had to fight for this scene? Yes, I will tell you about it. I have all listed all the different good things. Do not. Don't do all that. It's one page. Somerset backhands John and tells him to shut up. Mills looks stunned. John says, oh, he didn't know. Somerset asks for the gun again. He tells Mills if he kills him, he will win. And then Mills points his gun at him and then puts his head down, points his gun at him, puts his head down, and then empties his gun. Fuck yeah, he does. Good. And walks away. Mills is in the back of a police car and the captain says they're going to take care of him. Somerset says whatever he needs. The captain asks Somerset where he will be. Somerset says around. He'll be around. Then there's a voiceover. It's a quote from Ernest Hemingway. He says the world is a fine place and worth fighting for. Somerset agrees with the second part. The end. The credits go Backwards. Yeah, they said they wanted to be written like a killer had written them. Yeah, it was supposed to be look like a, a serial killer it's pretty cool when them. you see it and the credit song is the heart's filthy lesson by david bowie oh filthy cool. it's actually a pretty neat song i listened to it good so the screenwriter andrew kevin walker was actually a graduate of penn state's film program he was working at the time at a new york city tower record store and was so depressed that he wrote a bleak and oppressive script being this one about the hunt for a killer who uses the seven deadly sins as inspiration for his crimes. He sent the script to David Cope, K-O-E-P-P, maybe. He's a writer who sent it to his agent who found a buyer in New Line Cinema. After reading it, Cope told Walker that he needed professional help. New Line Cinema were less than enthused with such a gruesome finale one where the protagonist doesn't just lose, but is also painted in something of a negative light for his actions. Because of its grisly nature, the production studio decided on a new ending and sent the script off to Fincher. One of the alternate endings mapped out by the studio included a race against time plot point where Doe took Tracy hostage with Somerset and Mills in pursuit Another that came close to fruition was one where Somerset steps in and kills Doe before Mills has the chance. 
The third, they also considered hosting the final shootout within a church for the biblical allegories. With another ending on the table involving the head of Mills' dog in the box. I did hear about that one. In the end, Fincher and Pitt got their way. Um, I read that Brad Pitt, where is it? Yep. Walker and Fincher toyed with the idea of having Somerset shoot John Doe, but Pitt vetoed the idea, saying anyone who found their loved one like that would put a bullet into a perpetrator without a second thought. And I agree. Oh, definitely. Especially Mills. Yeah. He's very impulsive. For real. Um, um, oh, go ahead. I have one more thing about Fincher. I had a couple of um, other alternate endings that I read about that I don't think you said. Um, I only had those four. So there was one. I think these came from IMDb. One of the rewritten, rewritten endings involved John Doe kidnapping. Rewritten? Rewritten. Witten. <laughs> involved Wabbit. John Doe kidnapping Mills. Somerset discovers that John Doe was raised by an abusive priest in a church orphanage. I would have liked a little more backstory yes, on that killer I, for sure. I really. I mean, you could have gave me that prequel. At least. I want to know, especially <laughs> after seeing so much about his apartment and they say, yeah, like, man, you can do a prequel he has money. They don't know where it came movie. from. Yeah. He's got a bank account, but it was open with cash. I don't yeah. know. It's fascinating. Crystal was like, those are really old $100 bills. But then I was like. Maybe that's just what they look like in the 90s. You could get know. old money back yeah, then. Yeah, know. but old money usually is, um, has more. It's been stored away, maybe. Yeah, it has more of a, um, what do they call it, monetary denomination or whatever. Like $100 is really worth 200 if it's from 1930. Monetary value? Value, yes. That's what I meant. This one, <laughs> this one goes on to say that he finally traces Joe to... Doe to a decrepit church, decrepit church, sorry, decorated with artwork depicting the seven deadly sins where Doe is intent on making Somerset murder she him out of vengeance. She say depicting, but vengeance. you can't say Doe. <laughs> decrepit. As Somerset arrives, Doe has cut a cross in Mill's chest, has suspended him above an altar, and shoots him. Mills finally dies in Somerset's arm as the church is set on fire. Doe and Somerset subsequently engage in a shootout with Somerset wounding Doe and letting him die in the flames. And the script ends with Mill's funeral. And then there was another one where they said that um, John Doe did not murder Mill's wife. He just substituted a lookalike and then he has no justification for killing an unarmed man and will an unarmed man and will spend the rest of his life in jail. Somerset decides not to retire and instead gives his country house to Mill's wife and her unborn baby. No fucking way. That's too much. This is the only <laughs> ending that could have worked. Yeah. It was exactly as it should have been. I read um, on mentalfloss.com, Fincher chose seven because of the finale. The producers wanted the ending changed so that the wife lived. When Fincher told the studio he was interested in the film, he was accidentally sent Walker's original, more intense climax. And Fincher told the studio that was the draft he intended to shoot. And the agree and he agreed, even though producer Arnold Culpelson continued to argue against it throughout the film. So the ending truly happened by accident. Yeah. <laughs> and it said they t- it took months for yeah. him to like they argued them. this so much i think that once Pitt got in there and like all these other people were like no this is gonna be it like 
that made the movie true. It did. Like it sticks with you for fucking ever. Yeah. The ending, Brad Pitt said he wouldn't do the movie if yeah, it wasn't without like, it. Yeah. yeah. And I saw that um, they used supposedly. I think this is from um, IMDb trivia supposedly. that there was a fake head of Gwyneth Paltrow made mm-hmm. that was gonna be used for the autopsy, but they used it and said. For the autopsy scene of the character she played in the movie Contagion in 2011. All right, people. So, thanks for listening. Find us. Go eat your happy snacks now. Yes. (laughs) Find us on Facebook. Make sure you vote on our next movie on Tuesday. We're going to have the voting up. Yes. Follow us, like us, share us, subscribe. All the things. Donate. 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 Yeah. (laughs) Friends, our topic. Bye.